All right, welcome to the very first edition of the Speak Truth Sports Podcast. Uh, I am Burtum, or you can call me Bert, and I am joined by my co-host, Glenn, or you can call me Trey. All right, well, we have a lot to cover. This is, there's going to be a lot of predictions in this podcast. This is right before the NBA season, so let's just jump into it. So first up in terms of NBA news, we're going to cover the NBA first. In terms of the NBA news, we have Giannis signing the Supermax contract. That's five years for about $228 million. How do you feel about this? I mean, what can I say? I mean, it's a big win for Milwaukee. You know, Giannis is the franchise player for this team. Um, I mean, this team, it, it really depends on the future if it's the big one or not. I mean, if he can't win a ring, I mean, it's a big, big mistake on their part. That's a lot of money they're giving over to Giannis. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's a mistake necessarily. I would just say that, you know, it just wouldn't work out in the best way. I think the only way the Bucks will even win a ring, I think it's mostly dependent on Giannis in general. Just because Giannis, if he doesn't improve his shooting, if he doesn't improve... Um, being able, if he can't defeat the Giannis wall, which is what defenses do to stop him, basically they just put a wall right in front of the paint. If he can't stop that, if he can't score more efficiently in the half court setting, I don't see the Bucks going anywhere. I think I think the Bucks live and die by Giannis right now. I, I'm not sure if he's, I'm not sure if he'll be good enough to win a ring unless they do improve. I mean, why does everyone have to be perfect at everything? I mean, Giannis is already a good defensive player. He's a good uh, post player. You know, he can rebound for days. He's even decent at passing, you know. He's not he's not bad at passing at all. Yeah. But, you know, everyone keeps talking about this. You've got to improve his three-point shooting. I mean, they should do their best to surround him with shooters. People can kick the ball out to when he goes into the post, and they can score on the outside. I agree. I, I just, I'm not sure if he has enough shooters around him right now. No, right now, no. I think with the whole thing with the Bogdanovich falling apart, if they had gotten Bogdanovich, I would have been a lot higher on this team. I I might have picked him to go to the championship. I would have. I mean, they're easy one seed already now. Uh, they're fairly. We'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that. I think they're a pretty solid team already. They're already a top team in the East. But if that trade went through, I think that team, like you said, had a trip to the finals. Um, Drew Holiday, he's a solid 3 and D player. He brings a lot to the table. So much better than Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Fairly so. Yes. Um, I just think that they, Chris Milton's got to be more consistent. I mean, they're, they're going to need more shooters than what they have now if they want to make a run to the championship. You're right about the Chris Milton thing. See, my thing is that Giannis kind of has to be the number one on a championship team because you kind of have to build your team around him. But is Chris Milton the number two on the championship team? Is Drew Holiday the number two on a championship team? I think they're both kind of, they're kind of third guys. They are tertiary. I feel like scores. they're, I feel like they're missing the real second guy to really help Giannis out in those clutch situations, in those moments where maybe he's not really hitting, he can't get to the paint as as efficiently. There's got to be somebody there who can basically win them close games. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. All right, you want to move on to Harden? So we must. <laughs> this is a this has been a very ongoing situation, but Harden wants out. It's yeah. <laughs> you can tell by his preseason physique he wants out. Right? I mean, if you watch that <laughs> one play where he literally stood in the paint the, when the dude tried to pass dude, back to him, prime prime twenty sixteen Shaq in the fool James Harden. <laughs> it was ex- it, he's going back to his ways right now just because he doesn't care. He really does not care. It's obvious on the court. But where do you think he's going to end up? Do you think he'll even be traded this year? I, I think he's he's got to go. I think the issue is with the Rockets. The issue with the Rockets 
and Harden. Harden seems to be the problem. Look at it. Chris Paul, he left. He went out of Houston. Russell Westbrook went out of Houston. These dudes are talented players. I mean, Russell Westbrook was friends with James Harden. Why would he went out after playing with his good friend? You know, I mean, it has to be Harden. I think I saw on the Bleacher Report they mentioned something. I think a former Rockets uh, front office member said that James Harden would go out party the next day he would come back and drop 50 points in a triple double <laughs> i think that's a really bad attitude and the fact that they were so complacent with him doing things like that i think it's just i don't know i don't understand it just from what i've been hearing like in terms of the um the reports that i've been hearing from different sources they you know a lot of people have said that harden doesn't really hold himself accountable you know that he, he doesn't really take responsibility as a step up i'm not sure how true that is but it would make sense because Russell Westbrook is, is he's the kind of guy who will tell you exactly, you know, you're doing this wrong. You, you need to do this, but he'll start with himself first. Westbrook, he's a humble guy. I don't know why he gets such a bad rap as a teammate. He's a, he's a humble guy. I think the media has been stirring up false narratives about Russ, about how nobody wants to play with Russ. I mean, if you listen to his past teammates talking about him, mm-hmm. they have nothing but good things to say. They all love Russ. I want to interject. I, at first, I remember when Russell Westbrook first got traded to the Wizards. I was, I was upset. Yeah, I was very upset at first. <laughs> yeah. But just watching the the way he's been with the team and practicing and watching that stuff on social media, Russell Westbrook. I gotta say, man, that team looks happier. He has. He, he's grown years. on me a lot. He's grown on me a lot. Yeah, bro. He's really, he's really <laughs> out here showing out, man. But yeah, I mean, if if Harden has trouble getting along with a guy like Russell Westbrook, I don't see him getting along at all with John Wall. Yeah. Like, I, I could probably see a locker room scuffle. Not like a physical scuffle, but like an altercation for sure between those two. Because John, John's just that kind of guy. He doesn't make any excuses. Mm-hmm. He just shows up and he plays. Even if he's playing through like three different injuries, even if it's killing him in the long term, he'll mm-hmm. show up and he'll play. My issue is... <laughs> and if Harden is not committed to that, mm-hmm. John will have a problem with Yeah, that. my issue is... didn't. At one point in the offseason, James Harden said he would prefer to play with John Wall over Russell Westbrook. I'm not but sure if that report was confirmed or not, but... That is true. If it was, I mean, I, I assume he probably would prefer it at mm-hmm. that point because Westbrook didn't want, even want to play. Yeah. So I guess it was better than nothing. But it, they said that, also they said in another report, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, I don't want to, you know, harp too much on it, but they said that he was uninterested in playing with John Wall and he just, mm-hmm. it just seems like... He doesn't know what he wants. The Houston media is so conflicting. There's there's <laughs> there's stuff leaking like every day. Like yeah. Like the whole the whole reason the John Wall Westbrook trade kind of really got pushed into the spotlight and happened was because someone in Houston leaked it. Yeah. So I mean I don't I, mean, I don't know if I'm another team I'm not sure if I'm trusting the Rockets. Yeah. If I'm trying to make a trade to to keep things secret. What? How so, would you feel? You know, out of the options you've seen, what do you think would be the best fit for him to go? For Harden, I Harden. think I don't know how they would pull it off, but if the Bucks could do it, <laughs> the Bucks. That's a. I think you'd be really good on the Bucks. I like him on the Sixers. I I like because uh-huh. I feel like if they can unload Simmons, because that's the only way that trade would ever happen. But Simmons for Harden, it's the only way. Do you believe the GM when he said Simmons is not going to be traded? No. Yeah. I don't believe it. That's the same thing Tommy Shepard said about John yeah. Wall. Yeah. <laughs> we see this way too often. We see this all the time in sports. It's cap. It's all cap. It, people are, I mean, 
whatever's the most appealing thing, they'll go for it a lot of times. You know what um, I will bring up is that I think Tommy Shepard did a fantastic job bringing John Wall's value up because, mm-hmm. see, the reason that the Rockets are so leaky with these trades is because they want to force the other team, they want to pressure them into actually doing the trade. Mm-hmm. Because now if there's a public pressure or their star gets disgruntled, now they have kind of no choice. They like they they've lost their hand. Yeah. But what Tommy Shepard did was he basically ran a whole PR uh, campaign saying, "No, we like John. Like we want him here. We want him to stay here." Uh, John Wall helped a little bit. He was saying like no comment and stuff when they people were asking him. Um, and Beal was saying he looked forward to it. Davis Bertans was saying he looked forward to it. And then he gets traded out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know. I, uh, it, it, and and it wasn't it wasn't even for that much I would say it was a first round pick in twenty twenty three, but it was protected, like lottery protected. Mm-hmm. So and then the next year it's like top twelve protected and then top eight protected the year after and then it keeps going until eventually it becomes like a top five protected, and then it splits up into two seconds. So it, it's actually really not a bad deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tommy Shepard did a fantastic job bringing this value back up, uh, and I think Daryl Morey's trying to do the same thing. With the Sixers, she's trying to bring Simmons' value back up a little bit. Where he's saying, you know, we're completely ready to play Simmons. We don't need Harden. Yeah, we're ready to just run it back with Simmons and Embiid and see what they can do together. So we don't need Harden. So then, in that in that sense, they are taking their hands back, basically taking the taking a uh, a little bit of an edge over the Rockets. I just my only concern with the Sixers making that trade, the Rockets would have absolutely no shooting. Their best shooter would be what Christian Wood or. DeMarcus Cousins. Um, maybe Eric Gordon. Maybe Eric. Oh, yeah, him. But he's very... I mean, he can shoot. He's, looked, he's looked good with Wall. He has. He has a good chemistry with Wall. Well, because Wall, <coughs> Wall is a... Uh, you know, as much as he holds the ball yeah. a lot, he, he gets the ball out to his teammates a lot. You know, he's yeah, definitely... He's, he's an assist monster, or at least he was on the Wizards. So. Yeah. Uh, I just... I don't know. I mean, the Rockets also just want... Is the Rock, I think the Rockets want too much. I think they want three first-round picks... Um, they want Thibel yeah. and they want Simmons just for Harden. I will say he's. Oh, I'm. I, I can like guarantee he's not gonna end up on the Nets. No, but there's no way. This is either for Kyrie or Katie. There's and they're not no trading way. either of those players. No. And the Heat, I the Heat, the Heat want everybody. I've seen Damian Lillard in the Heat jer- jersey before, and on Instagram. Yeah, you know I've what? seen Giannis in the Heat jersey. Yeah. Everybody, you know, if they've scored a point in the NBA game, they've they've been in a Heat jersey Photoshop somewhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> if they're an All Star, you probably see them on like every yeah. Heat. Yes. Instagram, but the Heat do have a good. They probably have the best package to give, because what they're giving, they're probably gonna give up Harrow. Uh, I think. A report did come out that said they were deliberating on Duncan Robinson. He was kind of the main thing that they were like hesitant on trading. Was Duncan Robinson? Well, yeah, you don't want to give all your three point shooters. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I could see. I did try this out in like a trade machine. I I did do. Uh, I think it was Iguodala, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Tyler Harrow, and Duncan Robinson, and then a couple, a few firsts for Harden, and it does work. So that could be a trade that they do. I'm not sure if the Heat would get that much better. Well, they probably would. Harden is... Offensively. Defensively, Yes. Well, Harden's defense is pretty average. Well, when Harden plays defense, he's not bad. But that's the thing. is when he plays it, it's optional. The only thing they're doing is leveraging their entire future, basically. Like, Harrow could be very... Honestly, in my opinion, I think Harrow could kind of be the next Bradley Beal. He he reminds me of Beal coming out of college in in his first year. That's a bull take. 
all Harrow needs to become Beal is to improve his handles and is to improve his um, his playmaking. Yeah, that's two things Bradley Beal improved on last season. Yeah, so it's not impossible, but that's a bold one. That's a, that's a very bold. I mean, he he, he just reminds me of Bradley Beal's rookie year. He really does. It, if if Beal wasn't a good position to go to the playoffs and stuff. The Wizards yeah. were not great. So. They, yeah, they were rough around that time. I remember Bradley Boone had a couple injuries early in his career. Yeah. I was worried about him, but he's definitely uh, been paying off. Yeah. All right, so final final word on this. Will he be traded before the trade deadline? He'll be traded before the trade deadline. You but think so? I don't know which team, but somebody will All right, trade for throw him. Throw out a team. Throw out a team. Just who do you think? Best, well, best like choice. I said, I think the Sixers are. Okay. I think the Sixers are the best Best place for Simmons to go from the Rockets. I think that'd be a good place for him, and I think it'd be a good place for Harden because, like I said, with Embiid, you just put him in the post, and you have James Harden space out the outside. I mean, I think it'd be fine. I think that a Harden trade will either happen within the next three days, or it will happen at the deadline. That's my prediction. Um, I don't really see them keeping him the full year unless they just can't get a trade done, and then at that point they might as well just sit him because he's probably not going to give that much effort into playing. Yeah. But I, I think you know I think he'll end up on the Heat. Really? You know, yeah. I mean, I just I think Pat Riley. You know, he's getting up there in age. He wants to win one more ring, man. Go out valiantly. So, I, I think that's I think he'll end up on the Heat somehow. They'll find a way. We'll All see. right. So next topic: NBA preseason review. So we we overreact to the preseason every year. <laughs> uh, but this year, you know, there's a little, we have a little bit of a case to do it just because the training camp was shortened. Yeah. And there's less preseason games before the playoffs or before the regular season, I mean. Mm-hmm. And the regular season is 10 games shorter. So yeah. tell me your top three players that you want to keep an eye on that impressed you in preseason that you want to see in the regular season. Um, Give me your first. My first one has to always, I mean, I just feel it's good without saying it has to be John Wall. Okay, yeah. John Wall hasn't played in two years. He's playing on a big contract. You know, the Rockets team's with James Harden being reluctant to play. I mean, he played in the preseason, but we, we saw he, he kind of played, I should say. Yeah. He dropped 20-plus points, but he he didn't look... He's been looking like old John Wall a little bit. Yeah, but John Wall, I, I, I just like... In the first Bulls game they matched up with, I just like the way John Wall was playing. He looked... He looked ready. He looked fast. I totally agree on that. And I, I think, you know, he could pass out to Eric Gordon. He Eric Gordon could be like pseudo uh, Bradley Bill. Not I mean, obviously he's not as talented as Bradley yeah. Bill. But, you know, he can kick the ball out to a dude who can shoot threes. It's just nice to see like Boogie Cousins and him Walmart together. Bradley Bill. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? And John Wall's finally getting his dream uh, duo of Boogie Cousins again. They haven't played since they played in Kentucky back in like 2009. They just need on that team, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just think John Wall for me, that's like my number one person I want to see. How about right. you? My number one's uh I'm actually gonna move I'm gonna move my normal number one down. I'm gonna put somebody up. I'm gonna go Darius Garland. Really? That's a that's a name that is probably gonna surprise you, but honestly, this is a make in my opinion, this is a make or break year for Darius Garland. If he does not step up and show something, I think the Cavs are seriously gonna consider trading him for a pick. Because if if he can't mesh with Colin Sexton, who is performing very very well, um, I I don't think they have any incentive to keep him. I think they would probably trade him for a better playmaker. Yeah. And they have Isaac Okoro, who could he who he could play the two or the three. Um, but yeah, Garland's been looking good in preseason. I think he's been looking pretty solid. I hope he carries that over to the regular season. If he doesn't, 
I seriously do consider the Cavs maybe packaging Garland and maybe Love or maybe Drummond to try and get a pick or try and get somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there's Garland. I feel like with him, with the whole Cavs situation, they drafted like two point guards back to back. I think they're, they're getting kind of congested at the guard position. They would have to yes. unload one of them. And, you know, like you said, if he doesn't perform, he would be the one unloaded between the two. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what Darius Garland. I think that's an interesting one. All right, number two, go ahead. I mean, that might sound kind of basic, but I want to see how uh, Michael Porter Jr. plays. All right. I mean, he did pretty well in the playoffs. He helped a lot uh, with the Nuggets when when they were down three uh, one twice. Yeah. You know, especially in that Clippers series, he definitely showed up a lot. Um, he's a young guy. You know, they people said they questioned his basketball IQ when he first came out, but it seems like he's definitely improved on that. I just want to see how he plays, especially with Jared, um, Jared Grant. That's the one. That's Jeremy Grant. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Grant. Jeremy Grant left. Actually. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Grant. That's him leaving. Jared Grant was the other one. Jeremy Grant. He left to go to the Pistons. Um, so I think it MJ, opens up a spot. It opens up a spot for him to starting lineup. I just want to see if he uh, improves this year. I mean that that's a good pick. I mean this is we'll really see what he's made of this year. Um, He's not really great defensively from what I've seen, but his offense is just, it's very, very good. And his ceiling is probably like a top 15 player in the NBA. So if he could even scratch the surface of that, the Nuggets could have a very, very good season. Uh, my number two is Talon Horton Tucker. <laughs> I know you don't think super highly of him, but dude, he's the MVP of the preseason. Come on, who, who has had a better preseason than Talon Horton Tucker? You, He's been killing yeah, it. You're not wrong there. Uh, I just he looks like he looks like LeBron. He, <laughs> <laughs> this is preseason. But yeah, he looks like LeBron, man. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Dude's talented. I mean, uh, you know, the dude he can score. Um, my only concern is this is, might be just a bunch of preseason hype. I wouldn't say yeah. as bad as Anthony Bennett preseason hype, but it's just like he's balling out, but. Where is he going to play in the actual season? They're going to have, what, Kuzma in the forward. They're going to have... I mean, he might take some of Kuzma's minutes. He could definitely do some of that. Um, but then they're going to have other people. I think Wesley Matthews be as a forward. Um, they might even move Montrezl Harrell in that position. It possibly, obviously, LeBron's the starting forward. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think at best he's going to come off the bench. But I think as the season goes on, if certain role players aren't... Um, if they aren't performing as they should i think there's going to be a you know how vocal the la lakers fan base is there's going to be a push to <laughs> yeah, get Taylor really horton tucker in there if people can hype up bull bull to the point where they push him in the starting or not in starting line but they push him into nba minutes in his rookie season or even taco fall who was, probably wasn't even that ready to play no if, if celtics fans can push taco fall into playing at the end of games i'm sure Taylor horton tucker will be pushed into playing at least somewhat throughout the nba season i agree with that statement i do all right your number three my number three, uh, I have a couple people, but I, my third one, I gotta go with, I gotta go with Lonzo Ball. Oh, okay. See, my thing with Lonzo Ball is, everyone always, I mean, he has a lot, a lot to fill in because his father said so much yeah. going in, starting his NBA career, and he's never really hit the. So, Second pick ceiling. Yeah, he hasn't really hit that yet. But, I mean, he's been improving every season. You know, he's improving in shooting. He's improving his free throw shooting. His jump shot looks a lot better. Preseason, he looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, he looked like he was much more confident than he has been the previous years. He did have a bad bubble, though. The bubble was rough. Yeah. Well, they said he wasn't even completely focused, and which is yeah. also another concern. That kind of scares me a bit, Alonso. But I think with a new coach, with a young team, they're going to just play. They're going to just play him, and they, I feel like this is his, this is kind of I want to say his make or break year, but this is the year he's got to step up, or people's going to forget about Lonzo Ball. Shows. And they did they they picked up a bunch of point guards mm-hmm. through trades. They picked up they drafted a point guard. They sure so did, yeah. you're kind of right on Lonzo's Lonzo's ass is kind of on the hot seat. You know, <laughs> yeah. he if he isn't performing, he could very well get benched. And then might just stick to the bench until his contract is up, which would be really bad because, like I said, it's a second yes. pick. It's a very boomer bust. It's a very it's a good person to keep your eye on uh, mm-hmm. throughout the season just to see what he does. My third is uh, I have I have a lot of I have a few honorable mentions. I'll, I'll get those out of the way real quick. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. I think we really need. He was honestly one of my favorite rookies of this draft. In my opinion, he could probably be like, I don't want to say like the Donovan Mitchell of this draft, but like, he's a massive sleeper for where he was taken on the Sixers. He's yeah. a massive, he could contribute day one. Uh, Maxi Kleber is another person to keep your eye on. Uh, I just think that the Mavericks will probably use him a lot more because he's a center who can shoot. Yeah. I think he'd be great spacing the floor with Luka. And Kristaps Porzingis is out, so I'm not, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. I'm not sure. If he's even going to play more than fifty games in this season, yeah, just in general, but yeah, Maxi Kleber could be very, very good for them offensively. Uh, my last honorable mention is Kelly Oubre. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see how he does. You know, yeah, my, my thing with Kelly Oubre is that his biggest flaw is that he gets tunnel vision when he goes to the basket. If he can just avoid that, you know, if if there's any organization that can teach somebody to pass, it's the Warriors. Oh, it's probably one of the most unselfish teams. If they can teach Ubre to stop doing this and look look out, and actually do some passes and improve his playmaking, Ubre could be a very very good player who plays himself into a very very big contract next season. Yeah, especially have, with Clay Thompson yeah. being out. I have some honorable mentions as well. Yeah, go uh, ahead. But did you get your third one out? I didn't. Go ahead and put your honorable mention before I get my. All third right. One. Well, my honorable mentions were two, uh, two guards in the East, uh, careless Levert. I mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I want him. He's the one I want to look out for because the way he described his role, they said he's going to be like pretty much a six man, which yeah. he is potential to be the six man of the year. Uh, with that in mind, and I mean, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Steve Nash said he wants him to play like a Manu Ginobili role. Yes, which yeah. that is a lot to That's fill a- in. That's arguably the best six man in NBA history. <laughs> so yeah. I want to see where how he does in that kind of role. And then my other person, my other guard was. RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett missed both rookie teams. He wasn't even on the second all rookie team. Yeah. And he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um I just want to see if he'll, you know, improve and prove them wrong. Um, or if he'll just, you know I, I'm not obviously it's not a you know break or bust kind of season. Um, um but I, I just want to see how he how he plays if he improves, if anything. Yeah, you want to see that sophomore increase. Yeah, because you know he's the third pick, you yeah. know. Uh, so my, this has been hyped up, but I'm not even sure if it's going to be that great <laughs> of a pick, but my last player to keep an eye on is Seku Domboya. <laughs> that, that kid is something special. Man. He is, he was killing 
everybody in the preseason. He's been dominating the preseason, honestly. And he's just so big that like and so mobile for his size. Dude, like he could end up kind of I don't want to say he'll end up on Giannis's level, but he could kind of be like a Giannis in where he was selected a little bit later than he probably should have. I remember he was in that draft. He was projected as high as nine to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And he and he dropped he dropped a little bit. It dropped kind of considerably. Uh, but Sekou Dubois has been having a fantastic preseason. He's going to get minutes now. The, the Pistons are kind of rebuilding, retooling, whatever they're doing. I, don't, I actually don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but he's going to get minutes, and he's going to. I hope he shows out. Because he could end up being a very, very good pick for those Pistons. Uh, yeah, so now we've talked about the players. Let's talk about our top three teams to watch this season. Go ahead, start off. Um, I'll, I feel like it's kind of basic again with this kind of uh, first pick. But I gotta say Nets. Obviously, I'm, you know, Kevin Durant's healthy now. Mm-hmm. Kyrie's healthy now. You know, people are talking about this team could be a, a top seed in the East. I want to see if they fulfill that promise. I want to see how well they play. Um, you know, there was points where they talk about trading certain players off for a big player. Uh, I don't know if that's going to necessarily happen. Uh, personally, I don't want that to happen. I want to see how Kyrie and KD play their first full season together before making any crazy trades. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just want to see how that team performs. That's definitely the first seat, the first team I want to see this season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. The Nets are going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, I put the Wizards, and obviously because I'm a Wizards fan, uh, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think the Wizards with Westbrook, even with Wall back, I would have put them here. Uh, just because they have so many pieces on offense, they're probably going to be one of the most fun teams to watch on offense, if they're fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Their offense is, honestly, it's probably going to be a top five offense in the league. But their defense, they're not going to go anywhere if their defense isn't at least league average. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be entertaining to see. They'll be have a, they'll have a lot of entertaining games. I remember last year they literally kicked off uh, their home opener against the Rockets like one fifty eight one fifty nine. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's that's the Wizards we're going to see this season probably. Hopefully a little bit better on defense. Um, yeah, I, I think the Wizards are a big team to watch this season. Just see where they end up in them. They might miss playoffs. They might make the five seed. They're they're a they're a very hard team to predict this year. Yeah, I would say the East is uh, it's got some leeway in the yeah. bottom half of the that uh, one through eight seeds. Yeah. Um, I think the second team I have to go with. I say Pelicans. Okay. I think okay. the Pelicans are a team I want to look out for because they got a new coach, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, Zion. You know, and they hype him up so much. They hype him up all the time. ESPN put this man in the top twenty for the top one hundred. Yeah, um, that was ridiculous. You know, that <laughs> off twenty one games and like a couple games in the bubble that he pl- played half heartedly, in my opinion. I mean, you know, they got blitzers over there. They got new players over there. I, I mean, I, I just want to see how they perform. You know, it's a. I don't know if. They're a playoff team because the West is the West is the West. Yeah, but I, I just want to see how this young team does with a new coach. I, we haven't seen Stan Van Gundy coach in years, so it'd be interesting to see how this team performs. Um, like I said, I don't have a very high ceiling for this team, but I just want to see you know where it takes them. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Pelicans is, like, can Zion stay healthy? Yeah, pretty much. If he doesn't stay healthy, I don't see this team making playoffs at all. If he does, I could see them maybe in contention. But at the same time, like, you know, last year, the disparity just just between the three seed and the seventh seed was, like, one or two games. Mm-hmm. Like, if you lost a couple games to the three seed, you could have been knocked back to the seventh. Like, it was that tight in the, in the West. And there was a little bit of a gap. And then from the 8 seed to about, like, maybe the, the 11th or 12th, there was also a very tight gap there as well. And, I mean, Pelicans need to... They need to close out their games, and they need to not look like a, a team of young guys. They need to, they need to step themselves up. Uh, Brandon Ingram is going to be very good this year. I agree. Uh, I, I think what you were talking about earlier with Lonzo Ball, I think it really does depend on their guard play. Because they, they just lost one of the best guards in the NBA. Yeah, one of the best 3D guards yeah. as well. So I'm not sure if I'd pick them to make playoffs, but, you know, they have a chance to make some noise in this season. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be ex- exciting to watch. Yeah, it'll be exciting to watch. That's how I kind of feel about them. All right, so the second team I would want to look out for, you might have this team, so I'm not sure if I really want to say it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Hawks. I don't actually have that team. You don't have the Hawks? No, wow. I... They're not a team I'm really okay. looking I'm, forward to. Watching. I think you should really look out for the Hawks. I think they'll be fun to watch. I, I'm not exactly sure if they'll make playoffs. I know they do have Rondo for veteran presence and Gallinari, but, and I guess kind of Bogdan Bogdanovich, but I still think they're a little too young right now. They might be a little... I think next season, I think they for sure will be in the hunt. 100%. I think they're kind of in the hunt now, but... I'm not exactly sure if they'll make it, but they will be fun to watch. Their offense is going to be destructive. I mean, like, take the Wizards' offense and basically, like, put it on roids. Like, that is <laughs> – I think that's what the Hawks are going to be like, basically. They're going to be crazy good on offense. But I think their defense is – I think it actually might be worse than the Wizards. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Clint Capella is kind of the only guy really anchoring that defense. Um, yeah, I mean, they have to step up defensively. If they really want to make the playoffs, their offense alone could get them easily to the nine or ten seed. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you should really look out for the Hawks if they do make that leap. If Rondo does properly teach uh, Trey Young, uh, if they do play Chris Dunn some minutes because he's he's very good defender and they yeah. picked him up for very cheap. They sure did. If they play, if they Crazy. play Chris Dunn and if they get if Rondo can and Gallinari can really galvanize the team, I think they could make it. Uh, but yeah, I, the Hawks are going to be an exciting team to watch. Yeah, I mean Trey Young literally was the worst defensive player tw- two years yeah. in a row. Um, actually, I think wasn't uh, I think Beal was Beal was actually he was down there, but he was not the worst. The lowest really? defensive rating was Trey Young back to back years. Mm. Um, so if they really like, like you said, they really need to get some defensive, you know, game plan this year for sure. Especially Trey Young, he yes. definitely needs to get better on defense to defend Beal though. A lot of it was Isaiah Thomas. Like, the, the stats <laughs> with Isaiah Thomas were actually kind of ridiculous. Like, when Isaiah Thomas was on the court with the Wizards, legitimately, they became the worst defense in NBA history. Yeah. When Isaiah <laughs> Thomas left, when he got traded midseason, the team actually kind of clawed their way to about league average defense. So, it, it's a pretty... He had a very tremendous effect on the defense for not a great... You know, it wasn't worth it on the offensive end. Yeah. And Beal looked worse because of it. Not to mention he had to drop 30 for this team every night. Yeah. 
and he, he was basically the main source of offense. They were doubling him, and they still couldn't stop him. Yeah, so when Beal dropped 50 points, I mean, he literally had to do everything he can on yes. offense. <laughs> so he can't really have much energy to save for defense. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to make any excuses for Bradley Beal. You yeah. know, defense is a part of the game. But he does know. He, he, he said that, you know, he said he got interviewed, and he did say that. That's he feels like that's a false narrative, and he wants to correct that this year. So I hope we do see Beal play better defense this year. Okay, so third team, go ahead to watch this year. I miss this team. I'm not gonna lie. I I do miss this team, and I miss when they were on top of the league. And that's gotta say the Warriors. You miss I, when they're on I, top of the league. I miss. I miss. I miss the Warriors when they were on top of the league. Just things felt. I don't know. I just like the way they played. They're such an unselfish team. You know, everyone got a chance to shine. Even with Kevin Durant on the team uh, during their little run there, everyone had a chance to shine. Everyone had a you know, chance to ball out. You know, obviously, I miss Clay. You know, Clay's not going to be available due to this Achilles injury. Um, but, you know, Kelly Oubre, as a, someone used to be uh, on the Wizards, as I'm a Wizards fan as well, I, you know, I want to see a Kelly Oubre. I want to see him finally settle onto one team. He's been good everywhere he's been. Or solid, at least, everywhere he's been. But he really has not had a chance to settle in. So, I would love to see Kelly Oubre. You know, my boy Steph Curry. I want to see him back and healthy. He looked very, you know, fun to watch in the preseason. I think he dropped 29 points on the Kings a couple uh, couple nights ago. So, I mean, I I don't really care for Draymond Green as a uh, personality. But as a player, he's a good, he's a solid player. He's a, he's a leader, you know. Um... I just want to see how this team performs, you know. I haven't seen him play in a long time at, at full strength, so I'm ready for him. I'm ready for the Warriors to come back. I agree. I think the Warriors will be a great team to watch. Um, as long as they stay healthy, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing is if Steph, if Steph's ankle doesn't, like, revert back to being, like, tissue paper, <laughs> I, think they'll yeah. be, I think they'll be a good team to watch. They'll be fun. If Draymond Green, you could tell he wasn't trying last year. No, I don't he was, he was. was on his James Harden type beat. Like yeah. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't giving effort. He knew that the season was basically lost. They they were tanking. Yeah, Wiseman is very intriguing. Uh, he's a rookie start. He's probably going to be starting at center, uh, or at the very least, he will usurp the starting center. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot on him too. It's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. But Wiseman's very good, man. I think he'll, I think he'll fit with the Warriors very well. All right, do you have any honorable mentions before we get to... Well, my honorable mentions were the Wizards as well. Okay. I'll see. I want to see how my team is going to play this year. And then the Sixers. So I feel like this is kind of the, you know, uh, make or break season. You know, if Simmons, if he's still there for the end of the season, um, if they can't make the finals, I feel like they might have to blow it. Not blow it up, but someone's got to go between the two, between him and Embiid. Um, like I said, they did a really good job this offseason surrounding them with shooters, bringing in Seth Curry. You know, say what you want to say about Damian Green, but he w- was a decent shooter for he, he most of his career. He at least plays good team defense. He's a very good defender. Yeah. And I just I like the way that they brought in a lot of these players, um, like I said, to shoot. So um, I want to see if that would be enough for them to move forward. Obviously, you got to hope that Simmons stays healthy the whole season. Yes. You know, Doc Rivers, or he wants to be called Glenn Rivers, whatever he wants to be called this season, uh, as the new head coach. You know, Daryl Morey is the new GM. I, I want to see what this team, you know, does. So, that's my yeah, honorable mention. The Sixers were actually also in my honorable mentions. So, uh, so were the Suns, who are going to be very fun to watch. We'll talk about them later. Uh, but my final team to watch this season is the Bulls. Mm. 
I think, you know, they finally got rid of the worst head coach in the league. Man. Jim <laughs> Boylan is finally gone. I know Bulls fans are rejoicing. Like, they're jumping up and down for joy. Uh, I'm not so sure about Billy Donovan. I'm not sure I'm if he was the sure. best replacement. But at the same time, he won't be a net negative. You know, it, anything other than Jim Boylan will improve this team's <laughs> win deficit. You know? <laughs> you know Jim Boylan's bad when he's exactly being cussed about... <laughs> Uh, during the middle of the oh, game, man. so he was he was horrible. I mean, he, he his own player got injured. And he didn't call a timeout. The, uh, Rick Carlisle, I think it was Rick Carlisle, called a timeout because Jim Boylan didn't want to use a timeout. And the way, oh my god, the way he just like at the end of games where he was getting blown out, he would still call timeouts in the final seconds to like run like last second plays. Come on, man! Like that—that's that's some college, that's some AAU ball type stuff. Yeah, right? when you're upset, and yes. you just want to prolong the game and annoy everybody. Okay. Yeah, but the reason I'm looking forward to the Bulls is that I, as long as they stay healthy, this is also another big if. You know, I think Patrick Williams is going to be very good for them right off the bat. I think he's, he he is going to be a project. He was the four overall pick. Yeah, he was pretty solid in the preseason so far. He was very solid in the preseason. If if he can translate that to a full season, which is kind of a lot to ask because he is a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, this team could be very good. Kobe White, he's very, very good. Uh, he's been looking incredible, especially the end of last year. If he carries that over, you know, they're going to be great on that end. Obviously, they have Zach Levine. Otto Porter, you know, he, he he's constantly injured, so I can't really say much about <laughs> yeah, him. We'll but see about him. When he plays, he's pretty decent, you know. He's not as good as he was on the Wizards. Uh, that's also because... A guy named John Wall is not feeding him the ball. Yeah. So, and you know John Wall. Let me bring up a nice little stat right here. You know John Wall actually, uh, in the last five years, John Wall has created the third most corner threes in the league in the last five years, and he hasn't played in two of those years. <laughs> so, like that's very true. He is an elite creator, um, and he got Otto Porter paid. <laughs> yeah. He. Oh my goodness. He. He got that man overpaid. Yeah, but I mean, the Bulls just have a good roster. If Laurie Markkinen, I, I think he was a victim of Jim Boylan. I think once once Jim Boylan left, I think this opens the door for Laurie Markkinen. If he doesn't perform this season, I think the Bulls could look to trade him. Um, maybe put Patrick Williams at his position at the four. Because Patrick Williams can play the three or the four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the Bulls, are just, they're a very interesting team. They're a team that could make the playoffs, but they also could miss out. And if they miss out... It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of fun to see. It's gonna be a little chaotic, so it will be fun for us to kind of see, like sit back and see what they do next. You know, if they even if they even keep Zach Levine anymore, or if he demands a trade. Yeah, I don't know if I'll we'll see Zach Levine uh, on the Bulls much longer after this season. Really, I, I don't know. I feel like Zach Levine will probably eventually want out because he wants to probably play for a contender if the team doesn't improve. You know, uh, pretty soon. Yeah, the Wolves have a problem with trading. Really good players away. Yeah, they do. They 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 traded Zach Levine. They traded Robert Covington. Don't know why. That too good. He he's somebody they need right now. Like yeah. They, oh, it was all right. It's just whatever. We'll move on. But I actually I do want to bring up something kind of fun. Uh, did you watch the preseason game with the Wizards against the Pistons? I watched the, the first one. The first one I watched a little bit of it, but not. Too I assume you turned it off because they were playing pretty bad. It was pretty poor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I literally, I think I watched a couple parts. I think I watched when Thomas Bryant nearly fought Blake Griffin after Blake Griffin <laughs> okay. just chucked there's, him. There's my there's my fun thing of the day. So, Thomas Bryant 
had two technical fouls in that game, and he did not get ejected. How? Yeah, no, I'm I'm dead serious. <laughs> How? So so, it's it's a new rule that apparently you can't get ejected from hanging on the rim, getting a tech from hanging on the rim. So his first tech he got fighting like Blake Griffin in the yeah, rim. that's understandable. His second tech he got was hanging on the rim for too long, and you can't get ejected for that anymore. So theoretically. I, I was really hoping this happened because it would have been awesome to see. But theoretically, Thomas Bryant could have set the NBA record for most technical fouls in a game if he had just got a third. If he had just got one more tech, he could have set that record. Uh, but also, this opens the door for like, you know, you could technically get like fifty techs in the game. Yeah. If you just keep hanging on because they can't eject you. Uh, so that I mean that's just something I thought was really. They'll find some way if Draymond Green is the one getting it. They'll find some way to eject them after after two for or sure. Demarcus Cousins, one of those two, yeah. will definitely find a way to be ejected after hanging on the rim. That right. is for sure. We're getting to the, we're getting to the big stuff right here. NBA season award predictions. How about let's start with uh, most improved player. Uh, I'll I'll kick it off this time. I'll kick it off. My most improved player is going to be Kobe White. I think Kobe White didn't get the opportunity last year to really show what he could do until basically the end. And I think if he just keeps that pace where where he was at last year, you know, even if he doesn't improve at all, mm-hmm. the numbers he was putting up were so good that he would probably win most improved player. You know, I, if I if we could sports bet in Virginia, well, it's become legalized, but we have we can't we still can't do it yet for some reason. If we could, I would bet on Kobe White. I I one hundred percent would. My person I chose for most improved player uh, was someone I was looking forward to, you know, playing this season. Um, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> That's <laughs> gotcha. my person because I think I think he's going to be the the starting small forward for the team. So I think it just makes sense if he just you know, comes to his role. If he just plays like he did, he did in the bubble. I think he can easily win uh, most improved player. I don't know about easily, but he, I feel like he has a good chance of winning. He's a good player. Yeah. My honorable mentions, I'll just run through them real quick. We don't really have time to elaborate. Daniel House, uh, Brandon Clark, Sekou Domboya, Christian Wood, and DeAndre Hunter. My honorables were Zion, uh, Williamson, Kobe White, and then Rui Hachimura. Who knows? He might he might improve this season. He's got a, he's got a pink guy. <laughs> really? That's what they diagnosed it with? Yeah, that's that's what he did. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Bonga probably poked him in the eye again. Man, he needs to cut his nails. All right. And Bonga needs to wash his hands before poking people in the eyes. If that's the case. All right. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, I got Isaac Okoro for rookie of the year. This is a pretty big take. He did really good in his first preseason game. He looked really good. It's a very big take. But very... there's, there's some very – there are other good rookies that are very, very good. This is like – this is kind of a hot take. So what, who's yours? I th- I like I like him with this team. I, I gotta say Obi Toppin. Yeah. I like I like the way he looked in the preseason so far. The Knicks look really good in preseason uh, so far. Um, it's weird. Like the Knicks are they're they, not they're not doing horrible right now. No. <laughs> it's weird to see. It, it's really strange. <laughs> but granted, they did play only the Pistons and the yeah Cavaliers. But Obi Toppin, you know. Like I said, it's a new coach, right? Tom Thibodeau is the new coach. Yes. Um, they're just gonna let him play. Tom Thibodeau loves to give people a lot of minutes. Yeah. They're just gonna let maybe, him play. Maybe too much. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I think R.J. Barrett might something that something, something that something that could uh something that could hinder Obi Toppin. I think is Julius Randle. If they can't play together, 
I could see Thibodeau leaning towards playing um, Randall. Randall Moore. Yeah, because he's a veteran. He's obviously he's, he's a slightly better defender. That too. Obi Toppin's very raw on defense, but yeah. that's the thing. He's very raw, so he has potential. But if he gets that starting spot and he keeps it, he he, he will put up some numbers this year. Yeah. Uh, I had some. My honorable mentions were Denny Avdia, uh, James Wiseman, who will probably I, I think will probably actually win it. Uh, Lamelo, who's going to put up a lot of numbers, uh, and Obi Toppin was on mine. Yeah, mine was honorable mentions were Lamelo Ball, of course, because. That's all the media loves to talk about is Lamelo, and he's been playing well. I'm not he's gonna, been okay. He's his first debut game was rough, but he's a, he's, that, he's a project. People are putting too much hype on his rookie season. He, if he's going to be good or like very good, he will not be very good for a couple more years. Yeah, I think, but he um, will have he will, he will have so much opportunity his rookie season that he could very well win rookie of the year. Yeah, and then my other person was Anthony Edwards. Maybe who knows? I don't know. I'll talk about Anthony Edwards. He's not very exciting as a first pick. He's highly underrated as a first pick as well. He's probably the least talk about talked about yeah. rookie <laughs> of any day. Um, and then my last person probably James Wiseman because he's he's pretty he's pretty talented already coming out of the uh, yeah and he's gonna have a big role. Yeah. So. All right, sixth man of the year. Uh, so I kind of have it as a runaway winner. I have Danilo Gallinari because they. From what I've been hearing from the Hawks, they've said that they want to start John Collins and bring Gallinari off the bench. And I can see that happening because Gallinari did say in the offseason all he cares about is winning. Yeah. So if, if he still has that mindset and if he's coming to the Hawks um, and they sold him on, you're going to be our, our sixth man. And if he accepted that, if he really becomes a sixth man, because he's because he's going to end up playing thirty minutes a game, around thirty minutes a game. Yeah, he is. It doesn't really matter where you start; it kind of matters where you finish. Uh, he might even finish out some games. If he stays on that track, I think he's the runaway sixth man of the year. Runaway. Hmm. I, for me, how I feel, it's really interchangeable between these two individuals. As long as they're on the Lakers, I feel like one of these yeah. two are going to get it. And that's either <coughs> Montrezl Harrell or Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Pretty much, I mean, it's the Lakers. They're going to, you know, Dennis, do their thing. D- Dennis probably be starting, though. He, he wants to start. So that's why I'm like, it's interchangeable. If Schroeder is not starting, he's six man. Yeah. But if he is going to start, then I think Montrezl Harrell yeah. will probably get it again. Yeah. My, my honorable mentions were... Montrez and Lou Williams. I think those would be, they're probably going to be the, the top three, in my opinion, if Gallinari is coming off the bench. Yeah, my honorable mentions was Lou Williams and uh, Dallas Bertans. He did. Had a you really, know what? That's, that's a good pick. That's a, a very good he pick. He had a really good campaign last year, and it's the reason why he got paid. Hopefully, uh, I can, you know, hopefully that comment won't haunt me in the future. But I, I <laughs> no, hope no, he, you'll be fine. he plays well. All right, so. Moving on to defensive player of the year, I'm picking. I'm picking basically the favorite here. I'm picking Anthony Davis. Same. Yeah. There's not much to say. He's. I think he is honestly, in my opinion, the best defender in the league. I think Giannis had a better season last year. I mean, as as, as yes, yeah. As mo- a lot of people were upset with that, I think Giannis did have a better defensive yeah. presence. I think also Giannis. Giannis is just a really good player overall. So. Yeah. All the words he got last year, I personally agree with. I know everyone was pushing for the narrative for LeBron to get MVP as a whole different thing. Um, but as a defensive player of the year, I think he earned it. But this year, I, I think I had to give it to AD. 
Yeah, I mean, defensive player of the year is usually like it's a toss up between like the same few people every year yeah. for the most part. I mean, my honorable mentions are Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Kawhi, and Draymond. Yeah. Same people, but I'd switch one person out. I'd put Mitchell Robinson. He's a really good post defender. I, I can feel see like it. He I can, can see it. I feel like he can slide at least into that. I'm not going to say the, he was going to win it, but he can slide into the conversation. Yeah. Okay. I see that. All right, here we go. MVP. All right, this is gonna be a little. This is gonna be a little <laughs> weird on my end, but I think it'll be more understandable once I explain or once we go over the the record stuff, the the uh, seating predictions. My MVP is Nikola Jokic. <laughs> Look, man, he doesn't miss games. If there's anybody that's gonna put up crazy amount of stats and not miss any games, it's gonna be Nikola Jokic. He doesn't run very fast. <laughs> he he doesn't, doesn't jump very high. He probably barely even leaves the ground, man. Like, he he, <laughs> he doesn't get injured. So, I, I think Nikola Jokic has a great chance to win it this year. I think the Nuggets have a great chance to, you know, uh, I'll touch on that later. I'll mm-hmm. touch on that later. But the Nuggets are going to be a very good team this year, in my opinion. And, yeah, I think Jokic could, this could be the year where he takes off. And I didn't even put, I, I do want to say, I didn't even put Giannis in my honorable mention. Neither did I. Simply because I think voter fatigue is a real thing. I don't think they'll vote for him three years in a row. Unless he puts up ridiculous numbers. Like, like ridiculous kinds of numbers. I don't think he'll even really... He'll probably be in like the top three. Maybe get the consideration. Yeah. But I don't think he'll win it. I, I just don't think there's a good chance of him winning it. I, I think so too. I, to be honest, like you said, just voter fatigue. I feel like Ellen is just going to be like, ah, you can't just do it three years in a row. My... Winning the MVP is LeBron James. I'm okay. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. Uh, I don't I don't hate LeBron. He's a great player. Um, you know he's probably the best player in the world right now, besides AD, who I also have as my honorable mention as MVP. I think AD. I'm one of the few people who thought who thought AD should have won Finals MVP. But I, I digress. Um, LeBron's going to win MVP because if LeBron has a season like he did last year, he would pretty much be MVP. Any season, I mean, the last few seasons he's had, he literally could have won MVP mm-hmm. if it wasn't for, obviously, the winner. So, yeah. I just think if LeBron just keeps being LeBron, uh, he's going to, you know, pay his dues and get another MVP in there. Yeah, I could see that, but my only concern with LeBron is that, you know, I want to know how many games he takes off this year. Yeah, it's a short season. So. Because... You know, the time from when he last played to the start of the season is significantly shorter than just about any team in NBA history has ever done. So, I, I, I wonder how much he'll sit. Same with AD. I wonder how much they'll sit. And I'm not sure if that will affect their MVP vote or not. Yeah. Did you see uh, in the preseason, uh, when after AD and LeBron both played, uh, I think it was the first Suns game, those two were iced up to the, the max after <laughs> playing like 15 minutes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they're they're not taking any chances. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> but AD did come back the next game and drop yes. thirty five points and six of seven from three points. Yeah, land. So uh, he's he's going. That duo was just going to be ridiculous this year, as as usual. <laughs> so honorable mentions. Go ahead and name yours. AD, Luka Doncic, and my boy Steph Curry. So. Steph. Okay. I, I like okay. Steph. I like okay. Steph. I think Steph playing again it just automatically throws him back. As long as he plays like he usually plays and just gets stats like he did previous season I, the season before last season I think Steph could, I think he'll be in the conversation I don't know if he'll win it 
but I think he'll be in the conversation. I think sure. that's I think that's a good honorable mention. Uh, my honorable mentions are just, it's it's pretty plain. It's Luka Doncic, LeBron, and AD. Yeah. If I had to throw out like a, you know, this could happen. Please don't say Kawhi. No, definitely not. Kawhi does not. He's not a regular season guy. He he saves himself for the playoffs. I was gonna say potentially, you know, Jimmy Butler. But that's only if I'm throwing. I don't really don't think he's gonna win it. It's only if I'm throwing something out there. All right, so here we go. We're getting to the meat and potatoes of the NBA stuff right now. Here it goes. All right. Seeding predictions, and I just wanna I just wanna let everybody know that we're doing one through ten. Because if you didn't know, there's going to be a play-in tournament for these 7 through 10 seeds. And how that's going to work is that, you know, if you end up as a 7 or 8 seed, you will go against each other. Those two will go against each other. And whoever loses, whoever wins takes a 7 seed. Whoever loses will go on to face the winner of the 9 and 10 seeds. So it might seem, you know, at first glance, like it's a, like you'd rather be the 9 seed than the 8 seed. But that's not actually a true, like that's not actually how it is. The seven and eight seeds both have to lose twice, or one of them has to lose twice in order to get eliminated from the playoffs. Meanwhile, the nine and ten seeds, one of them has to win twice in order to make it. So it actually does give the seven and eight seeds an advantage. Um, so yeah, we we numbered our seedings one through ten accordingly. All right, well, uh, let's start with the East. Why don't you kick it off? I I think you know I think we both just say the number one we. I, I'm I'm ninety percent sure I know what yours is. Wait, let's say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I think the Bucks are gonna be the first seed. Uh, for my East prediction, so, uh, number two would be Sixers. I feel like with the addition, wow, really? with the addition of shooters to that team, I think that really plays a big part. The Nets are probably number three because I feel like KD and Kyrie would probably have some games where they just load your okay, so let, let me catch up to you. Let me catch up to you. So my number two is actually the Nets. But at the same time, I do think the Nets either either from chemistry, you know, like little like little chemistry issues, they could drop a couple games early. Uh, but also obviously if Kyrie gets hurt, which he hasn't really had a great track record of being healthy in general in the regular season. Agreed. He's only played a, he's only played seventy games three times in his career. Wow. That's your yeah. yeah. So if Kyrie gets hurt, especially in the shortened season, you know, every injury, every game matters a little bit more. So if he gets hurt for an extended period of time, I could see the Nets dropping down to like five. Yeah. I wouldn't put him any lower than that, but yeah, I yeah, agree. I would not put him any lower than five. Is My there... number three team, look, man, I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but probably from you too, but. The Raptors, man, oh they they, they they keep winning. Like I, I can't I say like anything. The that I, I, they just keep finding ways to win. I don't know how they do it. You know, all, like in terms of talent, I'd say they're they're not like the most talented team in even the top six of the East. But they know how to win games. They're a, they have a winning culture over there. Nick Nurse is doing a fantastic job over there. And you know, if Nick Nurse can coach like Game Three, Nick Nurse, you know, he always comes out in Game Three. I don't know what it is. He always comes out in Game Three. If he can coach like that throughout the year, I think they'll 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 still be the three seed, man. I'm not a big fan of the Raptors. Or who got a four? Uh, at four, I have the Celtics. Actually, wait, wait, go back. Tell me, why aren't you a fan of the Raptors? The Raptors. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Kyle Lowry. I'm not a fan. He's a he's a talented player. He's a good player, but. 
just never been a fan of Kyle Lowry. He's just uh, he's, he's getting just, he's getting old. He's I will a, say that he's one of those players. He's a nuisance player. You know, he's very good and he's very talented, but he does little things like little little charges and all but, that stuff. I mean, that's he's why they win, though. Player. That's why they win is because he knows how to win. Yeah, he gets people's head. And, oh gosh, I'm I'm not a big fan of Kyle Lowry. But, I just really am not. But like of DeRozan and Lowry when they were together, the bigger problem was DeRozan. Yeah, offensively, yeah. It was definitely DeRozan. It, on both ends, honestly. Yeah, I he think Kyle Lowry, he's a good defender. You know, I I did kind of question last year when he made the All-Star Reserves over Bradley Beal. Oh, but that's at the same, highly questionable. But at the same time, you know, his team was winning. I understand it. I, I was more pressed about Trey Young making it when he was the worst team in the East. Yeah. My thing is, I mean, yes, Kyle Lowry was winning, but he's a good team as well. Bradley Beal, the Wizards... Any game they won was because of Bradley yeah. Bill. So that's what's kind of like, I really wish that they gave uh, Bill some... So you kind of see love. Lowry as more of like a system player. Is that what you're trying to say? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'd have to say that because Kyle Lowry's been in the NBA for some time. He was with the Rockets. He was with, the, I think, the Grizzlies at one point. Didn't really find much success. And then as soon as he got in the Raptors... Who's arguably now a Hall of Famer? I'm, I I agree with that, but people see him as a Hall of Famer. I so. think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's the NBA. I mean, Everyone's con- a Hall of Famer. Yeah, <laughs> considering the quality of people that they let in the Hall of Fame, I think Lowry's definitely a Hall of Famer. But I think so too. I will say I do heavily disagree on him with Cal. I think Kyle Lowry's a very good player. I disagree. I'm not disagreeing on his talent. I just think he's a nuisance player. You just don't like him. I just don't person. like him. Okay, okay, okay. I just don't like the way he plays. All right, number four, go. I think I, I like I said, I think it's gonna be Celtics number four. Okay. Uh, how about your number four? Uh, I got the Heat at number four. Yeah, that's kind of. It's who's your number five? Might as well. Celtics. Yeah, I had the Heat okay. at five. Yeah. I thought those two are interchangeable. I feel like you know, you know how the season goes down really depends on pretty much who's healthier at that point. Because if Kimba can come back healthy, and you know, and then Jason Tatum can stay healthy. Jalen Brown can stay healthy. All those guys stay healthy. And, you know, obviously, they can just be the fourth seed. And if Heat, you know, if they're healthy, as usual, uh, I think they can be fifth. Or it's just interchangeable. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. All right, so, I mean, about the Heat, you know, I think the Heat are a playoff team. They're, they're a team that's built way more for the playoffs than they are for the regular season, I think. It might be a little bit of a slug. They might go through a, you know, a, a little finals hangover. Or they could come out the gate really hot. You know, I think they could finish about as high as a uh, high as two or three, but I don't think they're going to finish any lower than five. The Heat are just—they're a good team. I think they're still slept on. People like—I feel like people, um, you know, GMs were asked about like the Heat's odds of making it back to the finals. A lot of them don't believe they'll make it. Like a lot of people think it was a fluke. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I was one of those individuals at first. I thought it was kind of a fluke. Um, but then the way Jimmy Butler played in the finals kind of made me feel like, you know, with Jimmy Butler as the lead guy, that team, it's a, it's a good team. Now they lost, you know, Jay Crowder. Um, you know, I don't know how they'll play without him. He was, because he played a pretty yeah significant role of the team. But the thing about the Heat is that, like, their coaching was very, very good in that playoff run. And they match up very well against almost every team in the East. Yeah. Like, I, I'd say just, like, pound-for-pound pound matchup, the Heat have the best matchup. Like, they're probably the best team in terms of matchups in the East. 
they match up against the Celtics really well, against the Raptors, against the Bucks. I'd say the Nets is a toss-up. We still haven't really seen the Nets versus Heat. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that before I make comments on it. The Nets are probably the only team that really are good, will probably be good against the Heat. Uh, but they match up well against almost everybody else, the Sixers, the Pacers, the Wizards, everybody. So I think I want to kind of go back to a point you made. I think that they're one of those teams, it doesn't matter where they are placement-wise, they'll probably make it yeah. significantly far. Doesn't matter if they're eighth. Doesn't matter if they're one. Yeah. They'll make it. I think they're one of those teams that can just just put them anywhere. They'll yeah, pull their it's off. like the Cavs, like uh, a few years ago. You know when LeBron was there, they it didn't really matter where they finished. You knew they were probably going to make the finals. You know, yeah. I, I think didn't one year they finish at the four seed, like weren't they, weren't they that low at one point or the third? Um, it was third I or think fourth. they were low at one point, but I think they ended up still managing because they went up against the Pacers. I'm pretty sure the Pacers were the fifth seed. That, like, that last year where like nobody thought they were gonna make it. LeBron. Just oh yes, that, that yeah. season and they still in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's. I think that's correct. I, I'm but, not trying to compare Jimmy Butler to LeBron James, but no. I'm just saying like you're right. They're kind. They're that kind of team. And for the Celtics, I mean the Celtics. It really depends on how Jeff Teague plays. If if he can't fill in adequately for Kemba Walker, they're probably gonna drop a lot of games early until he comes back. He's probably gonna be out for like about a month. I think I read. Uh. So yeah. All right, number six, who you got? My number six was... My number six was the Raptors. Okay. And I put them kind of low because I just don't know if they'll have that, that firepower. I mean, they're a talented team. They'd be signed in Philippe. Um, mm-hmm. Even that guy, uh, I hate to call him just that guy, uh, Flynn, the rookie they just had. Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn. He's not bad either. Um... I just don't know where this team will stack up with, you know, the Nets coming back necessarily full power, and uh, you know the Celtics coming back. Uh, I don't know how they'll, you know, Celtics will do with Kimba Walker back. Um, I don't know. I just don't have Toronto at a place where I feel comfortable with having them high up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and they also lost Serge Ibaka and they lost Marcus All, which is two significant players. Yeah. Uh, you know, to their team. I, they, I don't know. They did get back Aaron Baines, who will help them a lot. But not on, not as much on the defensive end. No. And that is that is what you're really missing with Marcus Gasol, even if he was a little bit inconsistent. And, and Sergi Baca, well, for sure. A very good defensive end. man was called Sergi Blocka at one point. Yes. So, yeah, it's it's very, <laughs> it's very, you know, I don't know how I feel about them. But I will put them at six because they are still a playoff team in my eyes. Yeah, I have the Sixers at six. Uh, I just think they're going to have issues like meshing together with Doc Rivers because it is going to be like a bit of a new system. This is also kind of like a Harden proof thing. You know, if they trade for Harden, they're going to have to build the chemistry back up. They could end up being a low seed to start with. Uh, then obviously next year they probably take off. But the Sixers are there's in a weird spot. They have a lot of good pieces. It's all really going to depend on Simmons staying healthy and actually like working together well with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the role players I think that they got were fantastic. They did trade Richardson, who I thought, you know, I thought that was. It sucks to lose him, but they got back, you know, Seth Curry, who's going to be very, very good for them offensively. Yeah, uh, I think I told you. I think that was one of the biggest, like, most important pickups they made. Yeah. in my opinion. I think Danny Green was actually a little bit of an underrated pickup. I think, you know, if if anybody can really like, if they, if they needed any type of veteran 
and they had to trade Al Horford. I think Danny Green was a fantastic option. I think he will push. He'll probably push the Sixers because they've had a lot of lack of accountability under Brett Brown. I'm not sold on Doc Rivers as a coach, honestly, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. I mean, he 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 had one ring with the Celtics, but. That should have actually been three rings. Let's be real. Yeah, they, they were said, they were the best team for from two thousand eight to two thousand ten. They league. should have beat the Lakers the second time. Right. And I also wanted to mention this. They said the stat: Doc Rivers is the only coach to lose a three one series in three different decades. Three he did three times. Two thousands, two thousand tens, two thousand twenties. Goodness, yeah. So uh, Doc Rivers is the head coach. As much as everyone wants to harp on that one ring he had, he's had a he's been pretty infamous for. Uh, some negative stats as well. So I know Paul George took shots at him, like saying that they didn't make adjustments. But you know what? He, he took shots at Paul George as well. Yes, but you know what? Paul George is kind of right. If you look at the games, they didn't really make much. Didn't really make many adjustments. For some reason, in Game Seven, they just throughout throughout a lot of the series, and but specifically in Game Seven, they kept double teaming Nikola Jokic. <laughs> like that's the one guy you really don't need to double team. You don't. You probably shouldn't double team. I mean, he's such an elite passer. He'll kill you if you double team him. Yeah. I mean, simple coaching decisions like that were just like destroying them, and then obviously there were reports that you know he was very lenient on Kawhi and PG. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like you know, like Jimmy Butler said when he left the Sixers, you know, he said himself there was a lack of accountability from everybody. So if Doc River, if Doc Rivers can just hold them accountable, I think they'll they will be good. But the teams above them are just, I just think they're better than them. Yeah, my thing also with uh, that series. Uh, Clippers versus Nuggets. The Clippers just looked gassed out after they could not finish out the series. As I think it was the fifth game when they couldn't finish out the series. The sixth game and the seventh game, they just looked so tired. Especially the seventh game. The seventh game was they literally like they were just walking. Man, it, it was just like it was just Paul George just shooting a shot. Like yeah, it was like it, it was looked, not it, good. <laughs> like it looked like they had no fire in them, no passion. You know, I'm yeah. I'm 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 not convinced on Doc's ability to really rally up the guys like that. Yeah, and I think that. I mean, I think that's a whole different point, but I think that game definitely that game seven definitely hurt Kawhi Leonard's uh, legacy, and I think yeah, him people don't really see him as the best player or even put him in that conversation at the moment. Which is a little it's a little ridiculous. I think he still should kind of be in that conversation. He didn't perform well. But the team didn't perform well. That was only like one or two games though. I mean like I feel like that that's a from series game, they should have closed out. They were literally they won. They won. literally won. I think it was game five, they literally won and then yeah. just literally just they gave it away. They should have won it, but at the same time, I I, I wouldn't really blame Kawhi. Kawhi was kind of doing everything for them before that. Paul George had a, a horrendous playoff with the whole playoff so. run. He was awful. Yeah, but I mean, pa- yeah, that's pa- what pandemic G to call it. Yeah, pandemic point? P. Pandemic P at one point. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just you know, Doc Rivers. I'm not sold on him. That's why I kind of have the Sixers a little bit low. But yeah, uh, so seven. Go ahead. I have Wizards. I, I feel okay. like with Russell Westbrook, I this team with two star guards. Previously, we've seen this before. They were a playoff team. Russell Westbrook. Even though he's a couple years older than John Wall, he's a better player than John Wall. You just gotta state yeah. it as is. I mean, the dude would, just came off uh, what third All NBA team. Um, he was an All Star last year as well. I, the dude's talented. The dude had played very well before his injury uh, after the All Star break too. So I feel like if Russell Westbrook, he, I mean, looks like he's getting that team motivated. If Bradley Bill just does what he did last year. Um, 
I think that team, I mean, obviously, like you said, defense is one of those things they definitely have to improve on. Majorly. Majorly. Yeah. But I think this team, I just think with the addition of Russell, Russell Westbrook, I think this team's a, it's a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, my problem with the Wizards, is it's it's mainly defense. Like, I genuinely do think the offense would be top top five, maybe top six or seven or eight. It would be an upper echelon offense. It would be very, very good. The problem is going to be the defense. And also, the Wizards did say they're going to rest Westbrook on back-to-backs. Yeah, so West, And there's about four... I think the Wizards have about 14 back-to-back games. So... In, in a in a setting like this, in the you know where the gig the games are reduced by ten, you know each game counts a little bit more. If Westbrook is missing about fourteen games, you know I, yeah. I think that really hurts them. Uh, at seven, I actually have the Pacers. Really? Yeah, I mean I'm gonna be real. Like the Pacers are still a good team. Like I, like they're kind of like the Raptors in a sense, where like they they know how to win. So I don't want to put them out of the playoffs or even at the eight seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they they want to trade Miles Turner. I think they want to build around Sabonis at center because I think Sabonis plays fantastically for the Pacers at center. Um, but they can play together, kind of. You know, if they don't get rid of Miles Turner, if they keep Sabonis, I think it does limit both of them. I think you kind of need to pick one or the other, and they obviously want to go with Sabonis. Well, Sabonis has been the better player. Yes, as of recent. Yeah, and. You know, the Pacers, you know, if Old Depot even returns to, like, even, even like, 50% of what he was, they made the playoffs last year basically without him. Pretty So, much. I mean, I think if, you know, if they can just run it back and add Old Depot, I think they make playoffs. I'm not sure how high they go. That's why I put them at seven. Uh, because, you know, I just think the Sixers are a very good team. The, the Celtics, the Heat, the Raptors, and Nets. I think there are so many good teams in the East. It's going to be so tight for this um for probably about three through eight, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a very tight race. Uh, but yeah, who, you have, who do you have for eight? <sighs> my eighth was the Pacers. Um, like you were talking about, they're a solid team. They know how to win. I'm not the super big on their coaching decision. On I mean, obviously got rid of Nick, Nick Mullen and added their, uh, I think it's their assistant coach is the head coach now, promoted him. I mean, I guess they're trying to get that Nick Nurse look and try to hope on their... Uh... All right, so we had some technical issues, but we are back. Uh, it's a little bit later in the day, but we are back. <laughs> uh, so we left off on you talking about your 8C team is the Pacers. Yes. So, like I said earlier, I mean, you know, they were trying to find some luck with ha- moving up their assistant coach, the head coach, and... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, I like Depot back. As long as he's somewhat healthy, I think they'll be fine. I like, you know, I like Brogdon at the point guard, point guard position. Sabonis, he's been playing lights out as of recent. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Miles Turner. Uh, I don't know if TJ Warren's going to go back to, uh, the, like, the GOAT status like he was in the There's the no bubble. way he'll get back to bubble status. Yeah, bubble status, I should say, not GOAT. Uh, bubble status. Um... But like I said, this team's going to play hard regardless, and they're always going to be a hard, you know, hard-fighting team. So I expect them to still make the playoffs. I don't think they'll be great, uh, but I think they're still a playoff-worthy team. So AC, that's how I see it. Yeah, my AC is the Wizards. Um, I think their offense is just too good to miss the playoffs. Um, I do think the defense needs some serious work. 
I heard that they might be trading for P.J. Tucker. That's a rumor. Uh, Rondé, as of recording, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson actually like just got released. So if the Wizards do decide to go after Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, that could also be very good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards, they really need defense. Uh, I mean, Denny Avdia, just from what I've seen in the preseason, is a very, he's a very smart defender, uh, but I'm not sure he's a solution, uh, at least this season. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of negatives to the Wizards. That's, that's why I have them at eight. But there's also a lot of things that could go right, especially if Russ comes back and looks like the the Russ we've seen on the Rockets during that like during that like was like one or two month stretch where I he think was, it was destroying. Post, yeah, I think it was post All Star break. Yes, he was doing incredible during yeah. that stretch. So if he can somewhat replicate that, I think the Wizards will have a very good season. I think they're a very underrated team. But yeah, all right, nine and ten seeds. My ninth is Hawks. Tenth is Magic. Um, the reason why I have the Hawks so low, I just don't believe in them defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had they're a team with that had a lot of bad defenders at the guard position. I mean, obviously with Rondo, the addition of Rondo, you know, things can go a lot can go better. I mean, I don't think Gallinari is not very he's not very good defensively. Um, he's a decent scorer. I just don't know how I feel about. This team yet, you know, I feel like they're in the very, very early stages of, you know, of their process of becoming uh, a better team. I mean, you mentioned earlier Chris Dunn, he's the person they added. Uh, they added Solomon Hill, um, Bogdanovich, I think it was Bogdan, 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 my apologies, Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sold on this team yet. Um, this team might maybe next year they'll be a, a legitimate playoff team, but right now I, I don't have them in there. I have them as ninth. Yeah, I think this team is kind of taking a stepping stone this year. I don't think mm-hmm. I also have the Hawks at nine. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they'll make the playoffs like outright. I think they'll have to really fight and claw for it, and that's why I have them at nine. I could see them try. I could see them winning the play-in maybe against either the Pacers or the Wizards, but it's going to be very very tough for them. Uh, surprisingly, the East is pretty. They're pretty solid, you know, one through one through nine or so. And the Hawks are just kind of on the, you know, the the end of the stick on that on that kind of a, on the rankings. So yeah, yeah. Who's your tenth? My tenth team is the Bulls. I think, like I said earlier, when I was saying, you know, teams to look at. I think the Bulls could be very very good this year as long as everyone stays healthy. If they just unleash Laurie Markkinen, if Kobe White goes off. You know, and Kobe White could very well win most improved player, especially if he plays them into the tournament. Yeah. I think that's a very good opportunity for him to win MIP and bring the Bulls to the playoffs. Yeah. I just, they have a lot of talent. Like, I just, it's too much talent to ignore. I feel like the Magic are really going on a downturn. I'd probably have them 11 if I did rank the Magic, but I just feel like they're going on a downward trajectory. I feel like the Magic, the reason I only have the Magic at 10, I just feel like they'll ride whatever they have left pretty much i feel like it's a little bit more than the, what the bulls have in the moment i don't know like i, I really am not sure about billy Donovan as a coach um i feel like he's pretty much the i guess the next piece to help them push forward for the bulls but i don't know if he's the right guy um the magic i don't think they're a very good team but i think they're good enough to at least be 10th seed in the east yeah i can see that too all right, so West Western Conference. Uh, I'll, I'll kick. I'll kick off this one. Yeah, this is a big, 
this is gonna be a little bit of a surprise to everybody, but number one, I have the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Now, let me explain myself, right? The Lakers are the best team in the West. The Lakers are the best team in the league. But they're going to rest their guys. They're not going to play LeBron all, all 72 games of the season. They're not going to play AD all 72 games of the season. Their depth is good enough to keep them going. But it's not good enough to secure the one seed. Now I have the Nuggets taking the one seed because I believe they will be pushing for that one seed. Because they feel like they need it. They need the home court. Especially if you know the vaccine gets out. Everybody can go back to actually going into you know arenas and stuff. The Nuggets need that home court advantage. They thrive on home court. Um, so I think the Nuggets will be pushing hard to get to the one seed as opposed to the Lakers. I don't think they'll be going that hard for it. I think they'll, they'll rest and relax. They know what they're capable of. They know what they have with AD and LeBron. They don't need to build any more chemistry. They can rest those guys, save them for the playoffs, and then dominate the playoffs. Uh, I think the Clippers will also... Do somewhat a similar of a thing. Well, they they will obviously rest Kawhi and PG down the stretch. So you're thinking they pull like a 2014 Heat where they're the second seed behind the Pacers, yes. but they're really the best team. Yes, I, I I can see where you're coming from there. I still think the Lakers be the one seed. That's how I have it as. I have the Nuggets actually as the second seed, which I'm assuming you have the Lakers. Yes, I got Lakers yeah. number two. Uh, third. Who's your third? I have the Clippers. I have Clippers as well. I'm not fond of the pick of the Clippers. I'm not very fond of the way their team kind of crumbled the way they did. I'm not very fond of Ty Lue as a coach either. For me, I feel like he kind of rides the best player and the best player drives the team. from, And he kind of just gets a lot of the credit. Even though, I, I mean, that's just me how I've seen him for the longest time. Because LeBron was, he was the coach at one they were the Cavs. Kind of. And I don't know. I feel like he was definitely took over the spot of Lee GM or the coach uh, over Ty Lue during I, that time frame. I actually totally disagree with you on the Clippers. I also don't like playing him at three. Uh, really? But at the same time, you know, Paul George is very, very talented. I think he's going to be on a mission this year to really prove people wrong. Um, and obviously their whole team is just a lot of talent, so I can't really count them out. I want to put them three, even though I kind of – I don't really want to. It's, it's a weird situation. But – I disagree with you on Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue is probably the best coach they could have gotten in this situation. Why? Because, please, please. Okay, I will tell you why, right? Educate me on this. So if you remember Ty Lue on the Cavs, mm-hmm. what was he best known for? Sitting back and let LeBron coach No, him. no, no. <laughs> he was known for being a hard ass on everybody. Even LeBron, he wouldn't, he wouldn't discriminate just because LeBron was the star player. When he, he would yank LeBron at certain points in games, like in, during the regular season, if he wasn't playing well, he would yank him. And LeBron and him would argue mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, Ty Lue got his way. This is exactly what this Clippers team needs. They need someone to be vocal. They need someone to tell everybody how it is and don't show any favoritism. Doc Rivers, according to people in the locker room, showed favoritism towards Paul George and Kawhi. And even, you could obviously see it on the court as well, PG... I'm not sure if he should have played as many minutes as he did, especially when he was playing as bad as he was. Yeah, definitely. But he kept playing PG. I think Ty Lue will not be hesitant to pull PG if he's doing bad. He won't be hesitant to hold Kawhi accountable. Um, I think Ty Lue will be a big vocal leader for this team. And I do think that he'll push them. I'm not sure if he's the best X's and O's coach. But listen, at the end of the day, this is a guy that LeBron James said, I want this guy as my coach. 
You know, you can't take that away from him. And he still did win a championship in a 3-1 comeback. The coaching in that situation was a little bit underrated, I think. I think Tyloo was doing a great job in the locker room. And just he did, he did a pretty good job coaching. But when, you know, when it's a guy that LeBron James says, I want this guy to be our coach, I don't think you can really discredit him as much as people are. Yeah. I think he deserves a little bit more credit. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I respect your point. Yeah. Uh, to an extent, I do agree now, but... I, I I've been saving this up for a while, man. I just, I, I needed to get it out. No, I, so, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I, I want to change the narrative on Tyloo. I think he's underrated. I think people are, you know, LeBron obviously had a lot to, to do with the coaching of that team. Yeah. You know, he's very intelligent. I'm sure he drove a lot of plays, but at the end of the day, Tyloo was the coach and he was the one in the locker room that was the coach, you know, so he was holding people accountable. Um, and yeah. All right. Number four, who do you have? Um, I don't know. I feel like this team, now I'm looking at it, maybe I did put them too high. I have the Blazers at four. I get to that. I feel like I have them maybe a bit high, but I, I'm, I want to take a chance with them. Uh, I mean, they had Robert Covington, which is literally what they needed a player like him. Um, obviously you still have Dame and you have McCollum. Uh, I think Yusuf Nurkic should be healthier. Um, as of now, um, I just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they got Ennis Cantor back. They signed Derek Jones Jr., who's also pretty solid on the wing. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll really have to see what happens. I mean, yeah, they did let go of Hassan Whiteside, who was also a, a solid uh, defensive presence in the post. But he didn't perform as well as they wanted him to. Uh, I feel like most people can say he didn't perform as well as they thought he would, in my opinion. Um, I guess we'll just have to see. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about them as fourth, but I feel like they could, they had the potential to do. Yeah. That. Yeah, they have. They certainly have the talent to be the fourth seed in the West. One hundred percent. I agree with you on that. My only problem is that you know sometimes I feel like Dame and CJ can be a little bit inconsistent during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion. I think they're really going to miss us on Whiteside. I think his defense was very, very good, especially against the Lakers. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I noticed that whenever they pulled Whiteside and they put Nurkic in, AD would just feast. Yeah. AD would just, I mean, he would destroy them. But when Whiteside was in there, you know, it would be a little less. You know, he, he didn't stop him. He, he just, slowed him down. He slowed him down. And they don't have Slightly, anybody. Yeah. yeah, they don't have anybody to slow down a dominant big man. I could see them, you know. Losing in the second round to the Lakers or to the Nuggets or to another team that has a dominant big man. Um, so, yeah, I understand the Blazers being that high for you. I actually have the Warriors at four mm-hmm. myself. I think that Kelly Oubre was one of the best replacements you could have probably gotten for Clay Thompson, especially with, like, you know, they were scrambling to get somebody at that point. Yeah. Uh, I think you can kind of mold, I think you can mold Kelly Oubre still. I think you can mold him into a Clay Thompson role. For sure, he's he's very solid on defense, like especially man to man. He needs to work on his team defense a little bit. Uh, he's a very good shooter. He's gonna fit in perfectly with this Warriors team. I don't think they're gonna miss that much of a beat. I do think it will be very close though, because number five, I have the Blazers. I have the Mavericks number five. Mm. I well, it depends on when Porzingis would come back. Yeah, that's. I don't know how how severe his injury was. I forgot to pop my head. But he took a pretty nasty injury in the bubble. 
I feel like if they can get Brzingis back, I feel like they're kind of one of those teams where wherever you slide them, I feel like they'll still do pretty well in the position uh, they are in the playoffs. So they could be fifth, they can be eighth. I don't see them ever as one or two, but, yeah. you know, I feel like this team, you know, Luka's, he's a leader. He's a good player. He's yeah. a great player. And people are thinking that he might go on an MVP campaign this year. And I think, you know, solely on Luka's shoulders, I think this team, I think he could will this team at least to the fifth seed. That's how I kind of see it. Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks are a very good team. Um, I, I do think them adding Josh Richardson was a very good move. Mm-hmm. They need defense badly. Uh, I think Porzingis being out is going to hurt them a lot. I really think I, I have them. I have them further down than five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a reason. Like, like understandable. I, I I would be surprised if Porzingis even plays fifty games of the seventy-two game season. I I think he will miss a lot of time. Uh, but at the same time, Luca, you know, the Mavericks were one of the most efficient offenses in the league last year. Uh, I'm pretty sure they might have been the most efficient. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were top three at least. I'm pretty sure, and they had a lot to do with Luka Doncic. That man is special. Yeah, that that kid is special. An understatement. I, <laughs> that, yes, that was an understatement of the year. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I have the Mavericks lower. I, at six, I have the Suns. The Suns. I have the Suns at eighth. I okay. I they're one of those teams. With the addition of Chris Paul, a lot of these young players teetering on on a breakout season, such as Aiden, um, I feel like this is the type of player that Devin Booker really needs to help push them in the right direction. If they need a leader. Chris Paul's going to teach them how to win. Yeah. For sure. I think this might be, I don't know if it's as drastic as the Thunder situation last year, but I feel like he'll he'll be play that position like he did with the Thunder. Yeah. And I think he'll push his team, at least to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll be six. I think that's why I'm in the eighth, but I do think that he, that the Suns will make the playoffs. I do, I do feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the Suns look like this high just because you know the Suns won thirty or so games without Aiden, you know, and he was gone for like the for the first quarter of the season. He was gone, mm-hmm. and they were still winning games without him. They did lose Kelly Oubre, which is kind of a big loss, but you know they have Mikael Bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did get hurt a little bit. I think he got shook up. I think he's okay in the preseason. He, he did get shook up a little bit. But from what I know, uh, it shouldn't bleed into the regular season. But, I mean, as long as this team stays healthy, I mean, I do see Chris Paul missing probably like 10 or 15 games just because that's kind of, you know, he misses some games. He gets injured often, kind of like Kyrie. But I think if they do stay healthy, even if Chris Paul misses games, I think their backups are good enough. You know, Cameron Payne or Javon Carter can fill in. I think they're good enough to be able to still win games without Chris Paul. And so I, th- I that's why I have them at six. Who do you have at six? I have Jazz. Mm. I think they had some people missing. I think they had the uh, other Bondanovich, uh that that one is. Bojan Bondanovic. He was, my God, just those names getting mixed up. Um... He was not in the bubble. I think having him back as a good shooter, as good as a shooter as he was, having him back would be very pivotal. I mean, they added Derek Favors back into the mix, and he was a good rebounder and a good, solid uh, defensive presence. I think the team would be fine. I think this team still, I always say this team still a playoff team as long as they have Gobert. 
and Mitchell back. And Mitchell signed a big contract, so he's a, yeah. he's got to really step up these next few years. So I think you know I think he'll play into that big contract. I think this team. I mean, I don't expect the they have. I, in my opinion, I don't see them as any championship aspirations now. But this team's a solid team. They'll stay in the playoffs. I saw them in the six. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against the Jazz. They've just been so consistent over these past few years, especially when Mitchell's been on board. I mean, Mitchell just played completely out of his mind in the bubble. Mm-hmm. I mean, agreed. Oh yeah, I think he's going to take a step up. You know, I, I Mitchell, Mitchell kind of he screams superstar to me. I think he will get to that superstar level where he will be a top ten player in the league. Um, and I do want him to show it this year, but this year I think it's a little too hard. I actually have the Jazz at eight. Really? Yeah, I got the Jazz at eight. At seven, I have the Mavericks, who I was talking about earlier. I, I only really have them there because Porzingis. Otherwise, I'd probably have them at five or six, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Porzingis gone, I mean, that's just so much offense you're missing with, without Porzingis. So. Because yeah, Porzingis stretches the floor. Yeah. You can shoot, and he's very good. In and the, well. the pick and roll or the pick and pop with Luka and Kristaps, yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous at the end of last year. So Yeah, they were a couple they games were in the Clippers series that yeah. they, were, they were looking really good together. Um, I have the Warriors at seventh seed. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're still, as, even though with Steph back and obviously Jordan's going to play and all those others are going to play. And even with Ubre, uh, the addition of Ubre and Wiseman, I still feel like, um, I feel like they'd be a little rusty mm-hmm. starting off the season, which obviously in a shortened season, shortened season um, being rusty can cost you some valuable games. So I feel like they'll start off a little rough as yeah. first. But I feel like they'll definitely catch their edge near the ending half of the season. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that rough beginning might hurt their, you know. I feel like, for me personally, I just feel like all, like the fifth through eighth, eighth seeds, they're all going to be like fairly close records, like yeah. it was, how it typically is. I think that's how it's going to be for, honestly, like four through nine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's actually kind of true. I mean, it was kind of like that last year where, like, you know, if the Clippers had lost a couple more games, they could have ended up as the seventh seed. Yeah, straight up like that, and that that would have been a big difference. So yeah, I feel like, but just going on that point, I just feel like at least they're gonna be like really close in records. But yeah. I still I like the Warriors. I think they'll you know be a playoff team. I just don't think they'll start off super hot, but they do catch a rhythm later on the season. And that's dangerous because the West is a bloodbath, man. Like Agreed. there's. If you lose a few games, you could probably get kicked out of playoff contention, like especially down the stretch. So it's it's very competitive in the West. Um, but yeah, so then my eight seed is the Jazz. Your eight seed is was the Suns. Suns, okay. But we already talked about those. Who are uh, now? Who's your ninth and tenth seeds? My ninth is the Grizzlies. You know, I I really want them to make the playoffs, but they just, you know, there's just so many good teams ahead of them. I think, sadly, they just barely miss it. Um, they might clutch it in the play-in tournament, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I The Grizzlies are very good. I expect John Morant to get even better this year. Um, I mean, there's not much else to say. I just They haven't improved dramatically to me. So without that kind of dramatic improvement, you know, I, I just think the Grizzlies will kind of be at nine until maybe they draft another star or convince another star to get over there somehow. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be so tough for them, especially in the West. Yeah. My ninth was the Rockets. 
this is kind of contingent on like if Harden or Simmons or whatever the trade might be, whoever they get in return for um, James Harden if he is traded. Um, John Wall's a good player. If he plays any way like he did in the preseason, I think they'll be fine. Um, if they play Boogie Cousins the way they did in the preseason, I think they'll be okay. Christian Woods is a solid player. He's 6'10". He plays forward. That's height. The Rockets hasn't had that in feels like forever. Yeah. Um, I feel like the team will be okay minus Harden, but they're not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think they'll miss out. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's how I feel about the Rockets. Like they're, I'm not gonna say they're the worst team after Harden leaves or if he leaves or whatever the situation is. I just feel like they just won't play hard or won't won't be in a position yeah. to make the playoffs because the West is already hard enough. Yeah, I mean, I've got. I've got the Rockets at ten, mm-hmm. and I I agree with I agree with a lot of your points. I I think that the, it's very contingent on James Harden leaving or being traded. Mm-hmm. If he's traded, I could see it, and it's if it's by the deadline, then that's that's kind of the way I see the Rockets getting the ten seed. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't I don't even know if they'd make the ten. But John Wall, you know, if he continues to stay healthy and plays very well, they could be they could be in the ten seed when mm-hmm. in contention to be a, in a play in tournament. Um. Yeah, it's all going to be on John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins' health. I mean, if they're healthy and without James Harden, they could maybe get to 10, but I don't see mm-hmm. him going any higher than this without James Harden. With If he stays the whole season, he actually is convinced to play. I could see maybe the, I could see maybe the Rockets climbing to 6 or 7 because I'm not sure if they'd start super hot. You know, they have to build a lot of chemistry, which they didn't do in the preseason much yeah. of because Harden wasn't really there. Yeah. He was training... Yeah, at a it, certain club with the little baby. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I guess it's really the Rockets are a very strange situation. Yes, because <clears throat> I feel like I would. I feel like the Rockets are a team that I can switch with. Maybe not for mine, but the Mavericks and the Rockets can switch because with the injury Porzingis being him possibly out for a long period of time. And the Rockets, if they can, like you said, convince James Harden to just really start playing again, the Rockets could slide back into the playoff mix. And the Mavericks, you know, with the the loss of Porzingis, could really, that could really hurt their chances as well. Yeah. Um, who's your 10th? Well, you said the Rockets, the Rockets were your 10th. Yeah. Who's your 10th? My 10th was the Pelicans. Ooh, yeah, the Grizzlies going 11th or lower? I like the Grizzlies more than the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have a lot of explosive players and I I feel like I mean if Zion stays healthy if Zion stays healthy hot, it's not that hot of a take if Zion stays healthy if he's healthy <clears throat> I feel like he can definitely that team can push into contention the, into contention mm-hmm. but I'm not super crazy about having them 10th um I don't know I just feel like I think they're going to be a slightly better team than the Grizzlies mm-hmm. um didn't they beat the Grizzlies when they matched up uh, a couple times last year? I don't know off the top of my head the stats with that. I think they, I think the team, between the two teams, I think the Pelicans won the season series. Or they might have tied her. Um, but I think, I just feel like between the two teams, as much as I like the Grizzlies, it's just John Morant on the team. I mean, Brandon Clark's solid. Um, Jerry Jackson's solid. Yeah. But, I mean, if Lonzo plays well, like I uh not hope, but plays well. If he plays well, if Eric Blitzo plays any way he did before, mm-hmm. 
going on that strange slump. His Zion's healthy. If Brandon Ingram pretty much continues what he does and just continues to improve, the team the team can be solid. So um, I say definitely look out for that. I I don't I'm, know if they're ten worthy, but I'll have them ten. Okay. I mean, for the Grizzlies, I think that you know, I think their their best the best thing they did this offseason was definitely in the draft. I mean, they came in there with no first-round picks, mm-hmm. and they left with, like, Desmond Bain, which is, like, he, he's very good. And I don't know why he slipped so far, but, yeah, I mean, I just think that they they have a shot. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick them out of contention. For the Pelicans, you're, you're kind of betting on, are they going to gain more with Zion than they have lost with Drew Holiday? You know, is is that is the net gain is it is it positive or negative? Because if Zion does play the full season, uh, I could see them taking tenth. But if he doesn't, if he misses a few games, I think I, I don't think that you know, without Drew Holiday, they'll make it there. But I do see why you have them there, and they do like lack a leader. I do agree with that statement. Yeah. Because Drew Holiday was they're definitely their unspoken leader last year. So without him, and without you know just the the play of the yeah. Pelicans, if they just lack any any energy, I think they could be in trouble. Yeah. And miss out on the play in. Alright. So that's it for the NBA. We had a lot of stuff to go over for the NBA because the season's about to start. But uh yeah, we're gonna hop into the NFL now. Alright, so we are finally jumping into the NFL. Uh it's been a while. It's been a long time coming. It's kind of been a long podcast, but we're not doing one next week, so you know, this is a little extra, you know. For yeah. next week as well. Please, everyone, enjoy your Christmas and yeah. uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays in general. Alrighty, we will be back the following week though. So, first thing on the show notes in the NFL: Are the Steelers frauds? Are they are they pretenders or are they contenders? It's a very strange situation. Um, they started off the season really well. Uh, even in some of their closer games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest game that stuck, stuck out to me was the Browns-Steelers game where they absolutely demolished the Browns, who are now a fairly solid team. So look, looking back on it, it looked really good. I mean, but besides a couple blowout wins, two other blowout wins were against the Bengals, 36-10, and then the, uh, the Jaguars, 27-3. A lot of the other games were fairly close. I gotta say, man. In my opinion, I think they're they're pretenders, and this is my my biggest gripe with that is defensively, that team's elite. That team's amazing. With TJ Watt, and the front on uh, the front seven, and you have Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, they did take a hit with Bud Dupree, um, in his injury. I think he's out for the whole season, um, but that team's still it's a, still a good defensive team. It might, I think it might be the best. It's it's it's, it's one of the best. It's one of the best this season. Yeah. Um, but that offense been so anemic. You know, honestly, Big Ben's quarterback play has been very questionable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the running backs. Oh my goodness, they can't get much production out of James uh, James Conner. Um, the other running backs just haven't been very healthy. Mm-hmm. It's been just a whole, a lot of confusion in the backfield. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about this? Yeah, like if you just watch Steelers games, almost I'd say like ninety percent of them, 
they do amazing in one half on offense and defense. They do incredible. And then the other half, they're just is really bad. And a lot of the games they've won, either they've had, you know, if, if they have a bad first half, they usually bounce back really well in the second half. But if they have a bad if they have a bad second half, either they've been getting kind of bailed out or like a little bit lucky, I'd say, you know, when you know Gostowski missed that field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gotten a couple really favorable calls down late. It's not. I'm not like you know saying that they're up here purely because of luck. I mean, they're a very, very talented team. I think their offense is very inconsistent, though. I, I don't like. Uh, I don't like Juju going on and you know <laughs> he's giving teams extra motivation. That's really not helping the team, and he's he's adamant about dancing. I mean, uh, he can do whatever he wants. You know, I, I'm not going to judge him for it like that, but. You know when you're when you're sitting there or when you're standing there dancing on another team's logo before before the game. You've got to come out during that game and play hard. You yeah. have to you have to put up a good game. And he just keeps, you know, he gets a lot of receptions and has a low you know yardage total. He's just kind of he's kind of a dink and dunk for for uh, for Big Ben right now. And Big Ben, you know, I saw a stat during the game that you know this is the fastest he's ever released the ball from snap. In his entire career, you know he's releasing the ball extremely quick. He's dinking and dunking. Uh, Big Ben's, you know, accuracy, you know, on deep balls is a little bit. It's a little bit shaky. You know, he's getting older. He's for his age, he's playing very well. Yeah, he's playing extremely well for his age, but he's not playing good enough to vault this team to a Super Bowl, in my opinion. So I agree. I do think they're pretenders. How far do you think they're going to go in the playoffs? Because if, if they're not the first seed, you know they have to face somebody in the first round. Yeah. And I think based off what? Is it based off the playoff uh, picture now? Second seed plays what? Six? Seven. Seventh? Second? Yeah, seventh. That means they would play. And it's three, six, and four, five. Based off now, they play the Dolphins. Based off now. I don't know if they beat the Dolphins. Honestly, I think they beat the Dolphins. But I, I I don't I, think it's I think it's very close. I think because all their games are close. Like oh, well, you games. can't. Yeah, well, yeah. Offensively, the Dolphins are still trying to find their identity. Their defense is really good, but offensively, they could always improve. Two was just. I mean, they're running slants twenty four seven. They are <laughs> like. If you thought Michael Thomas ran slants, like <laughs> look at Tua, all he does is throw slants. Like yeah, but it's working. It's yeah, you know, and he's young. Work, he has yeah. a lot of time to improve. So. They they could probably they'll probably make it to the second round, but I think after that they would probably they could probably be done. But I wanted to mention something also. Um, I think it was a most recent quote from their uh, past game with the Bills. I think Josh Allen said in the pregame warmups before um, they got out into the field. I think. He said something along the lines of, uh, let them do all the talking, let them do all the dancing, you know, let's, let's just put in the hard work. And that's what they did. They beat the team by 11 points. Uh, Big Ben oh. threw two picks. Both those picks were, uh, well, both those passes were intended to Juju Smith. Yes. Uh, one was even sent back um, for a pick six. I, I got to say, the Steelers, they're limping to the playoffs. Depending I, on what yeah. they do in the last three games which is against the Bengals the Colts and the Browns they're not playing the same Browns team they played earlier this year the Bengals have probably beat the Colts will probably I think the Colts can probably get them because the Colts have arguably really good defense and their offense seems to struggle yeah. Um, I just don't know 
I just feel like they're limping their way into the playoffs. Yeah. If they can't win the last two games, at least split the last two games, I think they might be in trouble in the playoffs. I don't want to put the full blame on Juju. I think it's very no. unfair, but I do want to say he's not helping. He's really not helping. I mean, he... It's, it's like... When they lose, it's just 10 times more embarrassing because of what Juju's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to get the, they're going to get the worst of it. You know, if you're, if you're doing stuff like that, and he has the right to do it, I'm not, I'm not saying he, sh- he can't. But, you know, just play the game, man. Just focus on the game right now. You guys are a very good team. Don't bask in it. Keep going. You know, like, the hardest thing to do, right, is to maintain. You know, you can mm-hmm. get to that. The good good teams can get to that top peak, but they like, but great teams will stay there. You know, they will maintain. It's like if you're doing a push up, right? You know, if you can, you know, if you can, like, picture doing a push up, and if you've done like fifty, you know, a lot of people can do fifty, but how many people can do fifty and then stay there and hold it? Not maybe many. for maybe a minute. You know, that is extremely difficult. So to me right now, the Steelers, you know, they're doing 50 push-ups, but they're not they're not holding it. They're not staying there. Yeah. You know, and I think Juju is not bringing this team anything good in terms of media. I, I, I'd have to imagine there's some type of issues in the locker room. I have no source on this. This is just speculation. But I feel like, you know, some guys are probably rubbed a little bit of the wrong way. You know, they were... They were obviously doing. Oh, of course. So Claypool was in some of those TikToks. Yes, a lot yeah. of other players were when they were winning. But yeah. when you're winning, that's fine. When you just drop two in a row, and you know people are really clowning on you, you gotta hold off on it a little bit. I think he should be the last person dancing because out of the three receivers, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, he's the worst. And yeah, Juju, uh, he has the least amount of receiving yards amongst the three. He might have the second most touchdowns. He has seven on the season. Deontay Johnson has five, and Claypool has eight. Um, but I just think offensively, I feel like Juju, he was supposed to be the receiver one. He's never really been that guy since Antonio Brown left. I feel like Juju probably, for his sake, he just needs new scenery. I think the Steelers could consider letting him go after this season. I think they will. I think Juju will demand more money than he's probably worth for that team. Yeah. I just think that... I, I, I don't want to put it on Juju. I don't see as this is a Juju problem. I think the offense as a whole... is definitely not. But he's yeah. he's not helping. That's he's kind he's of, not yes. helping. I agree. He's not helping at all. But the offense as a whole, yeah, they're struggling. It, it's their main offense. Their main problem is the offense. All right, so... Eagles, Jalen Hurts has been killing it as the starting quarterback. I, I would and say his solid start. I, I think he's uh, been it was killing a solid it, start, dude. He beat the Saints, which were a top three defense. I yeah, mean, he he was he he did very very good against them. I, you know, this is gonna be a very hot take. <laughs> I can tell. I, I can not, tell. You're I'm not sure if you're teeing up for a hot take. I don't know if people will agree with this. I think a lot of people disagree. But in my opinion, as a Ravens fan, I am a Ravens fan. 
Hurts kind of reminds me of 2018 Lamar Jackson. Mm, he kind of does, with, with a little bit of a better arm. He reminds me of a 2018 Lamar Jackson, the way he's able to run the ball. Uh, obviously not as good of a runner as Lamar, but you know his impact. You know When Lamar Jackson took over the starting position, they won eight straight. You know, they, he took that team to the playoffs. Uh, I'm not saying Wentz will. I'm not sorry. I'm not saying Hertz will take them to the playoffs or make them win eight straight. But they've won two straight, haven't they? With uh, with him starting, one. Or, they won no, one. they won one. You're right. He came yeah. in midway through. Yeah, and he played one. better against the Packers yes, than yes, Wentz yes. did. But obviously, they um, were pretty down. Yeah, I mean, he, he he just won his first game as the starter uh, for the Eagles. You know, I the way he runs the ball and throws. He's he's the dual threat. He just reminds me of 2018 Lamar Jackson. I'm not sure. I don't think he'll take him to the playoffs. I don't think um, the Eagles will win out. But don't be surprised if they hang in there in these in these last three games. Don't be surprised if they hang in there and put up a very good fight, especially against the Cardinals, who they have upcoming. They we're recording this before the Cardinals game, so. I feel like if you told me Jalen Hurts looks kind of like Lamar Jackson, I would have agreed with you if this was Jalen Hurts that came out of Alabama. But when he went to Oklahoma under Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, he became a much more polished QB. I feel like Hurts, he had a solid start. A solid start. 100 yards rushing, which is impressive, don't get yes. me wrong. But it was, he was also, I think he was 17 of 33 uh, completions. Yeah. And he had one touchdown, one interception. Both of his touchdowns on the season he has are on fourth down plays. Yes. Uh, something that... You don't see very often from the Eagles' uh, offense this year. Um, I gotta say, I mean, Jalen Hurts looks good, but I feel like this season, how they see this season, it's, it kind of might just be over. Um, they're probably just playing Hurts, seeing just get a feel for it. But I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised personally if Carson Wentz starts next year. Uh, I'm not really? sure if he'll. I don't think he'll start the whole season next year, depending on what happens. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one to start it out. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I I mean, I think everyone's very aware of this. Carson has a massive contract yeah. that is nearly, I personally think, is nearly untradeable. They have to stick with him. I think there's a few suitors that could go. But we'll get into that in I, a little bit. I think they'll have to at least stick it out, keep trying with wins. Because you're paying him that much money. You can't pay him... You know, nearly thirty-four million a year to let him sit on your bench. Yeah, you just can't. So they're gonna probably give him a shot. Yeah. Uh, I know people were talking about, oh, it's you gotta what's next for the Eagles? You have to either get rid of Wentz or you have to get rid of Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, as long as he's been the coach there, they've been successful. They've been the playoffs nearly. I think every year. Yeah, maybe not this year, he's but not, every he's year. Not bad. He's not bad. I don't think it should be, oh, is it Wentz or is it Peterson is going? I feel like they should stick it out maybe another year. Um, maybe not necessarily with Wentz next year, but I mean, I think they'll probably start with Wentz next year. But I don't know if the Eagles would like, oh, we have to get rid of Wentz now. I think I think they'll probably keep both of them. It would not make much sense to get rid of, you know, get rid of them both. I think it's just, I think they should at least... See where it goes a little bit next year. If Wentz struggles the start of next year, after a hopefully a full training camp and all that, because yeah, keep that in mind, this year there wasn't really a legitimate OTAs and yeah. training camp. So we'll have to see what comes to that. Yeah, you know, I I, I think 
Jalen Hurts coming and winning this game, I think it exposed Carson Wentz's biggest downfall. And I think that I think it's that Wentz is not that great of a leader. I don't think he galvanizes his guys the way that his backup quarterbacks do. Because, I mean, look at Nick Foles. I mean, on in my opinion, if you subtract Carson Wentz and you put in Nick Foles, or sorry, if you subtract Nick Foles and you put in Carson Wentz for that Super Bowl run, I don't think they win them all. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, it was just, it's the galvanizing of the troops that I think Carson Wentz is the weakest at. I think Carson Wentz is still a very good quarterback. I think his issue this year, I think he's trying to play hero ball. I think he's trying to do too much because he feels like his team is worse. So I think he's trying to overcompensate, and it's not helping his game. If you just kind of calm down and, you know, worked with what he's got, it could be a lot better. That's what Hurts is doing right now. He's just kind of being in there, just kind of almost like a game manager, where he's just kind of throwing to the open guy, just doing what works, what's needed to be done. You know, if he needs to run for the first down, he will run for the first down. If Dallas Goddard's open on a, on a, on a slant or something, he'll hit Dallas Goddard. Um, he actually bit, uh, made Rager look pretty well, too. Yes, Rager is pretty good. See, the thing about Carson Wentz, right, is that last year he was very good with no name minimal talent. It was, yeah. He was throwing to no names, basically. Greg Ward was a, a quarterback turnt receiver. And so. Aguilar couldn't catch anything. <laughs> and he was still, Wentz was still very effective. I just think it's psychological this year, Wentz. Something's going on in his head. I think he needs to be in a new situation. Because this is the second time a backup quarterback has come up from behind him and taken his spot. I mean... People have made this point before. Um, I've seen some reports even claiming it. Obviously, knowing if it's true or not, because he never. I don't think he said it outright, or I don't think he will ever say it outright. But people think that Carson Wentz was, you know, I need help. I need help. They had an opportunity to draft Justin Jefferson, and now look how well he's playing. They draft Jalen Rager. Um, he needs help, and they never did that to help him. Instead of drafting another receiver in the second round, drafting another quarterback, I feel like that really hurt his confidence. And like I said, they've said it before, people said he just looks mentally broken compared to um, what he did in the previous seasons. Because let's not forget, Carson Wentz, he secured this contract is because he had nearly an MVP season before the injury, which obviously the injury led on to the Super Bowl, which, you know, the team won and all that. But... Carson Wentz was the reason why that team made it that far in the first place. Yeah. People forget that. It feels like people forget that. I just don't know what's next for that team. I think they have to at least give Carson Wentz one more try. With a contract like that, you just have to give this man one more try. Honestly, I think he's done. I think the I feel like the relationship in the locker room cannot be good right now. I feel like he's prob Wentz is probably I mean, you know, we saw that one meme, you know. Of Wentz looking at Doug Peterson. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I just feel like the relationship is probably not very good right now. I mean, I can't imagine he's happy at all with the situation he's in. I think if they do trade him, I think there are a few teams that might be interested. So I'm going to bring them up. All right, so first team I want to bring up is the Patriots. This, this kind of smells like a Belichick move. They have the cap space. They have about $35 million in cap space. It would take up basically most of their cap, take, taking on Carson Wentz in a trade. But you know what? He could he could probably be better for them than Cam Newton is right now. Yeah. I mean, there's no denying that. I, I think, you know, 
on that kind of a team, maybe Carson Wentz doesn't need to be like as vocal of a leader. Maybe Bill Belichick, you know, just kind of fills a little bit more of that void. I don't know. Um, I, I think the Patriots could do it. I they might be interested. I don't know. They do need a quarterback. Yeah. I'm not sure if they draft one. I don't know what Belichick's gonna do. I, I this is the first time where I kind of really he's very unpredictable right now. I don't know what he's gonna do. I know he's definitely phoning it in this season because of the COVID stuff. He, yeah. I, I, you can see he's not really trying. He's waiting for next yeah. year. I want to say something on the Patriots. If you put Carson Wentz on the Patriots, he'll have another 2019 like season where he might. I mean, I, I'm not maybe not as good as the 2019 season he had, but he'll have no receivers, no real receivers. Josh yeah. Myers is fine. Uh, Bird's okay, but these guys aren't great receivers. Once, I mean, it's been a while since Carson Wentz had a great receiver because Alshon Jeffrey went down with injury, hasn't really looked the same. Um, Sean Jackson literally Always been hurt like the past two seasons. I mean, he just needs to go to a place where he has weapons. They need to put this man in a situation where he can thrive. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... With the Patriots, I think Belichick could coach him back into kind of what he used to be. I think right, yeah, right now, I just I think Carson Wentz just needs a change of scenery. I think that's his biggest issue right now. He cannot stay on the Eagles. I don't think it would be good for either of them. Another team that I could see trading for him is maybe the Colts. I know the Colts do. I, I think they do want to compete. They have very they have a very solid team. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest weakness is their quarterback. I don't think Philip Rivers is playing very good this year. He has talented weapons around him too. Ty Hilton's a very, very good receiver, and he's been pretty. He's been pretty healthy this year. Yeah, they've kind of started clicking towards you know, of as of recent, but it's a little too late. You know, and Rivers is only on a one year deal. He's he's gone after this year. I think they could do it. They have the cap space. They have more than enough cap space to trade for Carson Wentz, um, <clears throat> and I'm sure you know they could even maybe sneak a pick off the Eagles. You know. Like, yeah, we're taking on all this salary. You know, we need something to sweeten the deal. You know, we don't need to take this this salary off. And if they take Carson Wentz, I think he could really thrive mm-hmm. with the Colts. I, that, behind that line, that line is fantastic. I mean, it, it protected Phillip Rivers this year, who's the most immobile quarterback in the yeah. league. <laughs> yeah, I besides mean, Big Ben, maybe. Yeah, they literally said, I think uh, Alex Smith literally said he watched Al, uh, Phillip River tape to make sure, like, to learn how to not use his legs when he throws. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, uh, I mean, he really yeah. is very immobile. But when it comes to the Colts, I have a strange take. If I were the Colts, they're in such a good position to go take a leap to be a championship team. Could throw a couple first rounders, trade it to tech to trade to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. Because think about it, think of this. I know you're making that face. Think about this. <laughs> the Texans are so bad. They need to rebuild. They're going to destroy that man's career. They have no first-rounders for like <laughs> next, what, this year, next year. Take a couple first-rounders first round from the Colts who don't really need them right at the moment and they need a quarterback. I, I feel like that would be a very, it's a very good trade for both sides because one side's going to rebuild and the other side's trying to contend. I feel that's a very, it's possible. It's a, okay. not possible, it's a very feasible trade. I, I don't think that happens. Just because I, I, the Texans are, I'm pretty sure, are fully committed to Deshaun Watson. 
I mean, they just paid him a boatload of money to be they there. They did. So, I mean, I, I, I think maybe in a vacuum, if they if they ha- if the Colts had a good amount of picks, if the Texans maybe uh, could sneak into a top five, maybe grab uh, you know, maybe a generational quarterback, uh, maybe like a Trevor Lawrence or something. If they if they had that choice, I think one hundred percent. I think I could see that happening where they trade Deshaun Watson if they're in the position to draft a quarterback like that. Because at that point, you'd be paying the quarterback, you know, on a rookie salary. You could, you know, pay more money for those positions around him to make the team better, and then you could actually go on to try and win. And that's kind of, you know, that's I feel like it's a lot of teams' championship windows is before their quarterback gets paid, before yeah. they pay their quarterback, and before they pay their uh, running back if they pay their running back, which they. History says you shouldn't, so... Yeah, well, Todd Gurley... I don't want to pinpoint on him, but as of recent history, Todd Gurley definitely... David hurt, Johnson. Yeah, definitely hurt a lot of people's uh Christian McCaffrey opinions. hasn't done much this year. Even though I do think he's worth the money, he hasn't. Yeah. He's been injured. Okay, two more teams I think that could trade for Carson Wentz. Uh, we'll wrap up this in a second. Broncos. Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. This... I don't know, this smells like a this smells like a Broncos move. <laughs> I really think that, you know, if if they decide to give up on Drew Locke, which I don't think they should do just yet. I think they should give him another year. Uh, I have a comment to make on that later. Okay, okay. I'll make a comment later, but I'll I, let you finish. I think statement. they should give Drew Locke one more year to get it sorted out. If he can't, they, then he should be gone. But I, I this you know, I feel like the Broncos could talk themselves into this. I really think they could talk themselves into this. They have the cap space to do it. They just need to move around a couple of um, couple of contracts. They could do it. They, and honestly, I think he'd be very. I think Carson Wentz would do very good on that team as well. You know, they have Noah Fant. They have uh, uh, what's his face? Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. They have Jerry Judy. Who, they have a yes, lot of. They, they have, have a lot of weapons. Yes, they have a lot, <laughs> of, have lot of weapons. That Drew Lock. That Drew Lock keeps overthrowing and underthrowing. <laughs> I think with Carson Wentz, that's a non-issue. The line is very good for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I just think this would be a great situation for Carson Wentz. I'm not sure if the Broncos would do it, but I, I don't know. It, there's a feeling I got. It's, I feel like the Broncos, the Colts are gonna, you know, they're gonna take a punt on this one. Just try it out, you know. Yeah. There's two things I would say. Okay. Um, you made a statement that uh, Carson Wentz would have no problem overthrowing them. I think Carson Wentz leads the NFL. And uh, most inaccurate throws this season, so I wasn't just saying the good night out there. Okay, that's a psychological. <laughs> but that's but that's, opinion. That's a psychological issue, you know. Yeah, because he's a very he's been a very accurate yes. prior yes. to that. So I'll let that be. But also, Drew Lock, he a quote a quote from him himself <laughs> has talked him out of being a franchise quarterback for any team, in my opinion. When your quarterback, starting quarterback, the person you claim that you want to be the franchise quarterback, yeah. Yeah. says. Along, I don't, I don't know if it's a direct quote, but the quotes was along the line of, like half the time I throw the ball, even I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like your quarterback, your starting quarterback cannot be making comments like that. Half the time, that's a lot of passes. You know what? I, you know, that could also be interpreted by the receivers as like a. I got a little bit of a slight. Like, I if mean, I was a receiver, I'd feel a little bit like, hey, man, well, like, Jared Judy was pretty upset because he made a comment. I think he tweeted out and deleted the tweet right afterwards. Yeah. He said, at least I got my conditioning in. Yeah. And oh that's really, it's a lot of shade being thrown by his own rookie receiver. All right, so you're just adding more fuel to the fire on why they really could trade for Carson Wentz now. I mean, 
I'm telling you, this smells like a Broncos move. I, I John Elway. My win. head says no, but John I mean, Elway. You know, John Elway is the same guy who drafted Paxton Lynch. I mean, so John I, Elway looks I, at any past him. John Elway looks at any quarterback with a big arm and was like, oh. That's like me. <laughs> <laughs> I think John Elway takes too many chances with quarterbacks. Um, we'll, we'll, I, I wouldn't put. All right, so uh, the final team that I think could really trade for Carson Wentz, I'd say the probably the Detroit Lions. Um, they're parting ways with Stafford, who you know, look, they've done this man dirty his entire career. It's more like Stafford's parting ways with them, uh, and I think that's going to free up some space for them. They might, you know, they might shoot their shot at Carson Wentz just to try and get some ticket sales. I mean, I, I don't know. This is, I don't know what the Lions are doing. Uh, they might, you know, they might just draft a young quarterback. They very well could. Uh, but if they don't go that path, I could see them trading for Carson Wentz. They do have the space once Stafford leaves. Um, yeah, I mean, it also smells like a Lions-type move to me. I wouldn't put it past that team. But it, it depends on who the GM is. If they really, if Lewis Riddick, he's interviewing for position. If he does end up going to the Lions, maybe they wouldn't make that move. But it really depends on who they get as GM. I'm not a Lions fan. I couldn't tell you who they will get as GM. But uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see with that team. And all the teams we just named, Stafford could also go to them too. You think so? Yeah, I mean, because, I mean... They could also talk themselves into it. You know, if they're going to talk themselves into Carson Wentz, they could also talk themselves into Stafford. I mean, he'd probably be on a shorter deal, much less money than Carson Wentz. Yeah, you far know? less. Yeah, far less money than Carson Wentz. And I, I'm sure these teams could talk themselves into it. Stafford's a solid... Um, he's still got some years in him. He's still yeah. got some years in him. I think he's definitely one of those quarterbacks you can bring in, you know, through a transitional period. Me trying to get a young quarterback. You need, like, a starting yeah. quarterback over that young quarterback to... Yeah, he develop. Yeah, he could be that kind of guy. So I wouldn't be surprised moving, seeing Stafford move the position. Yeah, he'd be like an Alex Smith to me, kind of. Yeah, even though I think Alex Smith. That's an interesting you said that because I heard rumors that uh, Stafford could go to the Washington Football Team. Really, that wouldn't be that bad. So it's interesting you call him Alex Smith. So we'll we'll have to see how uh, the offseason goes. Interesting. If I was a football team, I would probably draft a young quarterback. Honestly, I I mean I'd probably look to trade Haskins as well, and yeah. also any of those teams could maybe trade for Haskins. I know the Patriots have been thrown around, but I don't think they'll do it. I don't know. I mean, hey man, I I have no comments to make about Haskins. <laughs> uh, he's about to start this game against the Seahawks. Um, We're recording this on a Saturday, so yeah, this is before big... yeah before so, a lot of NFL games and possibly before you know maybe Harden gets traded in the past, next couple yeah. days. So I I. I... <laughs> I won't say anything about how I feel about Haskins. Um, we'll have to see about that team in Washington. And speaking about Washington, we probably should talk about the NFL playoff Play predictions. All right, all right. Uh, why don't you kick us off with the NFC? Yeah, um, one through seven seeds. Go. I'll just make this kind of quick, just kind of state them out there. Um, first seeds Packers, second seeds Saints, third seeds Rams at the moment. I we'll see. Uh, fourth seed, I think Washington will probably make it in uh, the NFC East. Fifth seed, Seahawks. Sixth seed, Bucks. And seventh seed, Cardinals. You know what? I have nothing to disagree with you on. I have the exact same list, except at seven, I did decide to just throw in the Vikings, just because I wanted to talk about them a little bit. You know, 
it is very possible that the Cardinals could lose this spot. It, oh. It's very possible. You know, they could lose out and the Vikings could win out. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Cardinals, they've been so inconsistent this year. You know, they probably will. I, they probably will secure that seventh spot. But I do want to shed light on the Vikings. They've been turning it on uh, as of late. Mm. Now looking at the schedule of the, the Cardinals, um, they do play the Eagles, which they should. Keyword is should win, I think. Um, oh, man, it hurts magic. Man. 49ers are playing after that, which that's an interesting one. Then the Rams. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, my biggest concern is Kyler got hurt for a short period of time, I think last game mm-hmm. against the Giants. Um, that team runs on Kyler Murray's legs. Yeah. If he's injured, if he gets hurt in any sort of way, that team's officially out of the playoffs. I think Kyler needs to throw it a little bit more to Hopkins. Is that is that a is that something you agree with? Because I mean, I feel like every every week I just see him throwing to like no names. He just throws touchdowns to no names. I mean, I, I would, he could target I would Hopkins call a Christian more. Kirk a no name. I mean, uh, okay, but like Dan Arnold and like yeah, well Dan Arnold literally he hasn't done anything all year. <laughs> I I kind of he keeps catching touchdowns. Man. He does. My my. The Vikings do have a tough. They do have kind of a little bit of a tough schedule as well, though. They have the Bears, the Saints, and the Lions. I do think they take the Bears easy. The Saints, I could see, I could see the Saints giving this one up to the Vikings, um, just because they don't have Michael Thomas, uh, so they can't exploit the secondary as much as they probably could. Uh, well, Michael Thomas could be back for that game, but if he is out again, mm-hmm. I do think the Vikings have a good chance to take that, and then the Vikings are going against the Lions, who have a not great rush defense, and they have Dalvin Cook. So yeah. Like I said, my biggest concern with the Cardinals, besides just Kyler Murray and him staying healthy, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he's a he's a in. Mm, it's been weird, man. He sometimes he's lost in some games. He's iced his own kicker this year. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know what's up with the run scheme this year. Kenyon Drake was feasting last year, but for some reason he's just kind of he's been very inconsistent. He's kind of fallen off this year. He, I mean. Whenever you look at his yardage, you know, sometimes he will get a touchdown, but his yardage will usually be something like 14 carries for like 50 yards. That's pretty abysmal. Right? And if I, you, usually if you take out his all right, if you take out uh, somebody's longest run and their shortest run, just mm-hmm. to kind of like, you know, those are two outliers. Let's get, you know, their average run. Kenyon Drake is, you know, he's really not averaging much. I think he's averaging around like maybe 2 yards per carry. I mean, Kenyon Drake is also dealing with injuries this year. Uh, yeah. Even on a down year, he's not doing too horrible. He has yeah. 800 yards, 800 plus yards in the yeah, year. Yeah, I just think it's it's the, it's the run scheme. Something, I don't know what they changed, but something's wrong with it. Because even when Chase Edmonds was brought in, he was looking like Kenyon Drake because Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. started a game. And before that, he had a ridiculous... My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, I mean... Kenny Drake, uh, sorry, Chase Edmonds had a, re- a really good yards per carry before he was named the starter, and then when he became the starter, it just kind of fell apart. Like I don't really know what happened. I think I, I think it's the run scheme. I don't know if it's as much the scheme. I think the of the offensive line that's itself true. is just not very good this year. That's yeah. why Kyler has yes. to run away. Last year, he, I think he led the NFL in most sacks taken. Yeah, you're totally right on that. I mean, I think if the O line can get their act right, Kenyon Drake's going to continue to struggle. Yes. Um. I mean, he's doing fine in my opinion, but he will probably struggle if 
you know, that line didn't hold up, and Kyler Murray will get injured if that line didn't hold up. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens with the seventh seed um, and the NFL, uh, NFC playoffs. But uh, what about the AFC? AFC, I feel like it's pretty, for me, I feel like the top four are pretty locked and loaded. I feel like after I, that's I, a, it's a big discussion. I, I feel like, well, this is mine. Go ahead. Chiefs, yeah. number one, two Steelers, mm-hmm. three Bills, mm-hmm. four Colts. Okay, see, that's where we disagree. <laughs> Five Titans, six Browns, seven Ravens. I feel like the wow. Colts, I feel like the Colts can win the AFC South. I, I genuinely do. That's a that's a bit of a bold take right there. It's bad. You want to say as, as rough as Philip Rivers has been. I think that defense keeps them, will continuously keep them in the game. And their offense is a, is better than the Steelers' offense. They're both in similar situations. Um, but the Colts' offense is a, is a little bit more competent than the Steelers' offense. Here's my problem with the Colts. Their schedule, their remaining schedule, is pretty difficult. Um, not only that, the Titans have such great matchups for Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry is just going to feast against the teams they're going against. I'm pretty sure going against Green Bay. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, so they're going against the Lions tomorrow, mm-hmm. who bit run defense is bad. Derrick Henry's going to feast. They're going against the Packers the, the week after. The run defense is pretty horrible. They're going to feast. The game after that, they're going against the Texans. Their defense in general is pretty sus. Derrick Henry is going to feast. I just I don't I, I see that I see the Titans winning out in this situation. I don't think that that leaves any leeway for the Colts to come in. But I think the Colts can also win out because they're playing the Texans tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Steelers, who haven't offensively haven't been playing very well, mm-hmm. um, and they're playing the Jags last. That's true, but I, I'm saying like even if they both win out, right? The the Titans still have that. Don't they have the division tiebreaker? They both lost to each other. Um, but I think the I think no, I, I, Titans I thought, I thought the, the Titans beat the Colts twice, didn't they? No, they lost one game against the Colts. Ah, okay. So they split the season series, but I think uh, they both have arguably the same amount of wins in the division as well. But I think it was go by point no, differential. Wait, no, they did. No way, well, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they. Oh wow, they really. Yeah. I think it would get down to that. I thought okay. if I'm not uh, not incorrect. Um. Because I think if they both went out, then it, it all really comes down to that Steelers game. If they if the Colts don't beat the Steelers, they have no chance. But they have to win out, basically. To I feel like to get there, because I think the Titans will win out. Okay, I. But it is a good discussion to have. So and then, all right, hold on. Let me go to here. We go. Okay. So for me, I had the Chiefs at one, Steelers at two, Bills at three, Titans at four, either Ravens at five. The Colts at six and the Browns at seven. Now the reason I have the Ravens and the Browns, or the reason I have the Ravens above the Browns, is simply just because of their remaining schedule. I, the Ravens could very easily win out their remaining schedule. The Browns have to go against the Steelers. I don't think they're going to win that game. They kind of got trounced last time. They are a good team, but you know, I don't know. They're very inconsistent as well. If Baker is not on his game, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to get any higher mm-hmm. than the seventh. I don't think they're going to beat the Ravens out. And my my problem is this Giants game they have tomorrow is a very is a very losable game for them. I could very easily see them choking this game. I I don't think they will in the end, but they very well could. Colt McCoy is starting again for the Giants tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I think he's Daniel Jones. Because Miles Garrett was saying something about Omicron. Yeah, because I think so, what's it called? The thing was Daniel Jones had uh, a new leg injury. Yes. So which was dumb. Out. They they rushed him back way too fast from injury. But I will say this: the Giants kind of look better with Colt McCoy. It. Yeah. I think Colt McCoy could do way better against this Browns defense than Daniel Jones would. I, I would put this on like an upset alert. I would be looking out for this upset. This could very well be an upset right here, and it could kick the Browns to the seventh seed. Yeah. Well, also now that you mentioned that, I mean, if they can beat the Browns, the Giants, they can possibly even still win the division because Washington has to play against Seattle tomorrow, and I don't know how I feel about that game, especially with Dwayne Haskins as the starting quarterback with Alex Smith out. Uh, a calf strain in the leg oh, sure. he did injure. Yeah, the so. Giants are definitely in contention still to win the division. I think the Eagles technically are right. They haven't technically been eliminated yet. None of the teams in NFC East are out of contention. I think the, the last I think Cowboys are, aren't they? No, really. Okay, yeah. I think about, right, for the cow, for the Cowboys are basically eliminated because they have to pray everyone loses out and they win out. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants do take that spot in the NFC, but, you know, I do think Washington's defense will hold out, and Haskins yeah. will be good enough. I mean, Seattle's one of the worst secondaries in the league. If he can't torch them, or at least look average against them, you got to cut him at that point if you're the football team, or trade him, or something. Like, you, you can't keep him on your team if he can't even beat out one of the worst secondaries in the league. I don't think he's going to drop... 300 yards. I think all he needs I'm to not do saying is 300, yeah, but at least he, be average. He needs to do what he did and just pass McLaurin. <laughs> and McLaurin, yeah. he's got to stay healthy because he's been, I think he's been uh, questionable the past few weeks. Terry's before. awesome. I love Terry, man. So, I mean, they got other pieces, as strangely as that sounds. Logan Thomas has not been too rough. Uh, Cam Sims is kind of yes. coming to his own. Um, so, they still got those guys on the receiving side of things um running side they've signed lamar miller he's not gonna be eligible to play until the panthers game next week um we'll see i mean it's a big hit that tony gibson's out with the whole you know turf toe injury i don't know what washington's gonna do but back to the browns and the ravens i think the ravens do have a much easier schedule to win out on if i'm not mistaken they're playing i think it's the jets and and let's say let's okay let's say for the sake of argument that the Browns only drop one game that's the Steelers right mm-hmm. now let's say the Ravens win out even if that happens and they tie the Ravens have the divisional um, advantage over them so they will take they will take the spot above them yeah but the Ravens are their schedule is the is the Jets aren't they playing I think the Bengals they're playing their... the Jaguars the Giants and the Bengals the Giants Gi- okay my bad. okay the Giants is going to be a little bit. Uh, tougher than what they expected from the beginning of the season, but they they that's still a winnable game for them. Yeah, uh, apologies, not the Jets. Yeah, it was, it was some New York team. I think yes. I was thinking some New York team. Um, yeah, I mean we'll see, we'll see. Like you said, the Giants are one of those games where you can't really sleep with them because they're a good defensive team. Yeah, I think James Bradbury's out um for them this week though. Their best corner. Yeah, so yeah. <clears throat> we'll see how the Browns. Handle that this year, uh, this week. Um, but for most part, I mean, I feel like since the playoffs are coming up pretty close, I feel like these are these are definitely. Uh, I think these are the teams. Uh, we're pretty close to it, so yeah. Do you have a? 
why don't you put down an early Super Bowl matchup right now? Oh, I couldn't tell you right now, man. You want to wait a week for that? I I, I had to wait. I, I had to be wait as close as possible. I could right, not right. give you an accurate all right. one. I don't know. Because right. we will talk about that on our next podcast. Yeah, because I don't know how I feel about the Chiefs. I don't know how I feel about any of the NFC teams. Uh, we'll yeah, have to see about the AFC. Yeah, it's so NFC. interesting because all those NFC teams have such, they each have like one big weakness, though. Like, yeah. Yeah, except for, uh, except for. I, I'll, I'll save yeah. that. I'll save that for a couple weeks later. Yeah, right, please right. do, because I, I, I really don't know to tell you what comes to the All right. Super Bowl just yet. I'll give. We'll, we'll wait on that. We'll All definitely right. wait on that one. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. This was the first ever edition of the Speak Truth Sports Podcast. Uh, like I said, we will not be here to uh, next week, but we will be back the following week. So everyone, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy uh, whatever. Uh, anything you celebrate and yeah we hope to have you back and listening back again uh i hope this is the start of something great agreed yeah. all righty i'll catch you all next time